Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. And it's Friday, guys. Congratulations for making it through to the end of another week. May you have a glorious weekend filled with fun and relaxation ahead of you, preparing you for another week of triumph and victory that laves ahead. Sitting beside me right over here, she is voice actress, voice instructor, mm -hmm. And just all around, one of the most delightful people in the world, Aww. Chris Carr is here. Chris, You're how you doing? You're in a good mood today. You're being so sweet. I am in a good mood today. <laughs> I had a terrible morning, so oh, I love this. <laughs> I locked myself out of my apartment, so oh, I had no. to call oh, no. Logan 12 times at 6 a.m. He was not pleased. And then after I took off my shoes, one of my dogs decided to poop. It was Trico, of course. And I stepped in the poop with <laughs> a oh. naked foot. Oh. Oh. Did it like swish up Wish. between the toes? Yes, it was oh. disgusting. So then I had to hop the and go to the bathroom to get it off me. It was not great. And then Starbucks gave me the wrong drink. Oh, oh my goodness. And, and then the first person you ran into when you Lightened, got here was me. And made <laughs> so. my day so much better. <laughs> okay. The day's more delightful. Sitting beside her as actress, you've seen her in things like, oh, I don't know, The Blacklist, Flash, The Rookie, SWAT most recently. It's Aaron Cummings here. Aaron, how you doing? Hello. Well, I'm having a significantly better morning because Joey is wearing her hey, brother it. Tommy's uh, hoodie. One of the wonderful <laughs> things, if you have a dog but you don't have a child, I highly recommend getting a baby because you can just... <laughs> pass their hoodies back and forth and they and i have to say that um no offense to my child but my dog looks so much better in his clothing than he does i will say i started watching the umbrella academy last night oh you did because oh, of our conversation yesterday and now i remember why i didn't watch it there's no spider in it Yes, but there's rain. And as we have seen today in Los Angeles, it is drizzling. And I do not like rain. I do not like stormy weather. I do not like clouds. I can never leave Los Angeles. I would not survive. It's a totally rational reason not to watch a TV show. It's com <laughs> completely nothing unusual about that at but all. I remember because I remember looking at the trailer yesterday and I was like, this looks like a lot of fun. I don't know why I wouldn't have watched this show. And then I remember the first season. It was all doom and gloom and gray skies. And they're there with their black umbrellas and they're all sad. But they're and at a funeral, Aaron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I am interested. Uh, like I go through periods where I want to watch really dark stuff. But right now I want to watch Happy and Gleeful. So I will suffer through the Umbrella Academy only to get to season three for you guys. If you haven't seen it, I highly then recommend you and Tom. There's a little film uh, that Spielberg did called Schindler's List. You should watch uh, that. I've never seen it. Total, and that's why. Total pick me up. <laughs> anyway, sitting over here, joining you guys in the live chat. He's there with you now, Mr. Ray Ora. Ray, how you doing? Speaking of Spielberg. You shouldn't watch Schindler's List. You should watch The Terminal. No. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. You haven't seen that movie? Oh, the the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the what one do with think? Chris Pratt doing the doing the sequel, The Terminalist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. That is indeed the sequel. All right, guys, here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. How do you get a live comment or question on the show? Well, that's easy. you got to be watching live. And then near the end of our final main topic, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats Usually they're just open for a couple of minutes. Then you guys can fire in your thoughts, comments, opinions, theories, whatever. And then we will read those off in the second half of the show. With that down, 
Let's take a couple of off the tops here, shall we? And our first one is this. One of the bigger TV phenoms of the past number of years was Stranger Things. I mean, Stranger Things kind of came out of nowhere. It looked, quite frankly, it looked like another little throwaway Netflix project when it came out. So people didn't quite know what to make of it. But the moment it dropped, people got completely enamored with it. Suddenly, the cast from the show were on Saturday Night Live and all this kind of stuff. And it became a total phenom. Then season two, season three. And it's been how long since season three came out? Eight two or three years. years it feels yeah. like eight years i mean it, it's been nothing a, came out in 2020 and that was a decade long yeah, yeah so it's it's a while ago that that one came out so we've got stranger things season four being broken into two parts because that's kind of just what you know netflix is doing these days they're kind of working in instead of dropping everything at once well you know lucifer which you were in mm-hmm. uh, we'll drop part of it now and then part of it later spread out the goodness they're doing that with stranger things season four and ozark And they did it as well as with Ozark. And we know we've gotten inside reports that they're actually going to start experimenting even with just putting it out weekly from now on. But today, they dropped the first eight minutes of Stranger Things Season 4 Part 1 is now out. And to a lot of hoopla, I saw some people excited saying, John, they dropped the first eight minutes of Season 4. I'm like, all right, all right. So I went to watch it. It's great. Mm-hmm. The first, it's great. It's great. Number one, it's great to see Matthew Modine back. I always like seeing Matthew mm-hmm. Modine and that glorious head of hair that that man oh, has. So fluffy. Um, so fluffy. <laughs> so I, fluffy. I, I just, I like seeing him in it. It's, it's horrific. Of course, a lot of people refer to it as the uh, eleven slaughter scene or something like that. Mm. It's intense. It's filled with tension, and you feel the horror of it as you know Modine is walking through the facility and stuff like that. And also they did something really cool in it without any dialogue. They showed at one point, the Modine character really cared about those kids, Mm -hmm. like a lot. Like, what was it? Was it 10? 10. Mm -hmm. When 10 dies, like he, you, you can tell Modine is absolutely devastated and all that kind of stuff. And then somehow they digitally de-aged, I guess, uh, 11 a little bit. And she looks horrifying in that. I got it looks great. I still am of the opinion though that I am not sensing the same kind of excitement for this season of Stranger Things as we did for say Stranger Things season 2, season 3. And I don't know if that's a if that's an issue of the series is starting to wear out its welcome or the massive delay that we've had between the last couple of seasons. Um, But again, none of that will matter once the show drops and whether it's good or not. So whatever. But I just know these first eight minutes are great. Uh, Chris, you had a chance to see the first eight minutes. What did you think of them? And where's your anticipation level for season four? Oh, it's a brutal eight minutes. Yeah. It's a, it's a real bloodbath there. And it's, it's a little hard to watch because it's just a bunch of kids. Right? Yeah. So that's awful. Um, but really, really, really great storytelling. You learn so much more about Modine's character without any dialogue to yeah. setting the timer to do his crosswords. Just those little moments, too, of just holding the kids' hands, having that interaction with the drawings and everything's too. And it makes a lot of sense of why he's treated Eleven the way he has, you know, with a little bit more distance, a little more um, cold kind of towards her. Uh, the de-aging, though, because the whole time I was like, 1979 this show takes place in 1985 what's what's <laughs> happening what's happening um it was a little jarring in my opinion um to see very very tiny 11 doing all of this and i am really really pleased that the show still included uh callie i think the the young version of her is playing chess i believe at the table the the kirkland x-men number eight right uh, so 
I'm glad they're sticking to their story. You know, we, we this is probably when Callie escaped um, and went off and did her own thing. I'm interested to see how all of this pans out into the greater picture here. Is this just to show us more of what Eleven is capable of? Or... I think you nailed it. I think it was more not to show us the audience what Eleven is capable of. I, I think you nailed it. It's to give us a much deeper understanding of why Modine's character, how he approaches her and how he sees her, yeah. and maybe why he's treated her the way he has over the years. I, I think that was a great observation. Aaron, you had a chance to watch this this morning. What did you think about the first eight minutes of Stranger Things season four? I concur with what Chris said. I mean, the, it, it is very jarring to see the children specifically. And I don't know if it's because we've become so numb in horror films to seeing adults getting slaughtered and brutalized and murdered, but there is something very jarring to seeing the children. And yes, I, there is, that beautiful moment where Matthew Modine is holding the child really shows the difference in how we saw him previously interacting with Eleven and really does, you know, illuminate a little bit of why there is that disconnect. And I think um, for me, I, I, I love Matthew Modine. I think he's a phenomenal actor. And it, I always get confused. It was not Hamburger Hill, but Full Metal Jacket that Matthew Modine was in, right? Oh, no, right. I can't even remember. I right. believe it, Full Metal Jacket. it was Full Metal Jacket, right, with Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, such a brilliant movie. If you haven't seen um, Full Metal Jacket, it is a fun, it is a, um, also not necessarily a happy, good feel, happy, feel good <laughs> movie, but a brilliant movie with a very young Matthew Modine and I love um, I love his his character in this and I'm really excited about getting to see more of him as far as the excitement level honestly I think it's just that there's so much to watch I don't really feel a lot of excitement amongst people about anything because there's so much coming at us whether it's mm -hmm. from the film side or streaming or you know new seasons it, it, it's just there's just a lot going on it feels a bit overwhelming and so for me i'm just trying to take shows as i can and enjoy them for the entertainment value that they are supposed to bring and just try not to get too overwhelmed by the sheer uh, mag just the number of shows that there are to be excited about, this being one of them. Well, guys, the question is for you. Did you have a chance to see the first eight minutes of Stranger Things Season 4? Uh, it's pretty intense. What did you guys think of it? Where's your anticipation level like for the show right now? Are you excited about it? Not so much. Uh, whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top and that is this. Now that both The Batman and The Northman are out and in theaters and now in our rearview mirrors, my most anticipated movie of the year now squarely turns my attention to that little Asgardian Thor and his love of thunder. Well, no, that's not the name, but Thor, love, and thunder. Uh, it, you know what? I totally should have been called love of thunder. That <laughs> oh, totally, is what he, totally should have been called. Anyway, there's Thor, still love, time. And thunder. There's there, still time. Still time. Change the marketing materials. So anyway, this movie's coming out. Super excited for it. One of the things that un, unknown to me about why that a lot of film fans have become obsessed with is the idea of how long is a movie. There's been this radical wrong way of thinking that longer equals good mm -mm. and that is absolutely not the case nor is shorter equals good that is not the case either every individual movie has the perfect runtime for it whether that's three hours or 90 minutes or whatever but one of the questions a lot of us have and i admit i'm curious about it myself when a new film is coming out particularly one of the comic book movies is 
how long is the movie going to be? I'm just curious. Well, it looks like we've just found out how long Thor Love and Thunder is going to be, and it's going to be one of the shortest MCU movies ever. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR, and they wrote the following. The reported runtime of Thor Love and Thunder suggests that the film will be one of the shortest Marvel Cinematic Universe's adventures. According to an Australian cinema chain, Event Cinemas, who I believe were the first ones to drop the runtime of the Batman, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, Thor's upcoming blockbuster clocks in at 115 minutes or one hour and 55 minutes. Neither Disney nor Marvel Studios has addressed the legitimacy of the time, but if it is correct, Thor Love and Thunder will be one of the shortest movies in the entire MCU. The only movies in the sprawling superhero universe that sport a shorter runtime are The Incredible Hulk, or also known as John Campy as The Incredible Hulk, uh, <laughs> and Thor The Dark World, both of which clock in at 112 minutes. There are a couple of MCU movies that match Thor Love and Thunder's reported runtime of 115 minutes, namely the first Thor movie and the first Doctor Strange movie. And again, that comes to us from the folks over at CBR. All right. As of what the films that are remaining, Thor Love and Thunder is my most anticipated. Very excited about that. What do I think about the hour and 55 minute runtime? I think nothing. I think nothing. Again, my philosophy is if the story that Taika Waititi has crafted has the most perfect runtime for it is an hour and 55 minutes, then God bless. Then that's the then a minute longer will be too long and a minute shorter will be too short. Thor, the first one, directed by the great Kenneth Branagh, that to me is the second most underrated comic book film of all time. Of course, only behind Zack Snyder and, and Henry Cavill's Man of Steel, which is the most underrated comic book film of all time. But that being said, and, and the first Doctor Strange is fantastic. And we never even knew Doctor Strange. We had to be introduced to the character, introduced to the entire mythology of Doctor Strange, introduced to the villain, Cassilius. We had never met any of that. All that had to be set up, established, blah, 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 blah. And they did it in an hour and 55 minutes. This one, we already know the Guardians of the Galaxy. We already know Thor. We already know his background. There's not really, I don't see there being an overwhelming necessity to have a longer runtime. All that's left right now is to get what the new story is and meet the new villain. Boy, I can't wait for you guys to meet the new villain. Um, so for a hour and 55 minutes, I'm just going to assume if that's the length Taika Waititi wanted it to be, then that's the right length for it. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this. Number one, what do you think the the odds are that this is actually the runtime? Does that fit in with the mold you're thinking? And if so, what do you think about the runtime? I think this is definitely the runtime. I think it makes sense. Like you were saying, we know all these characters, including Lady Thor, Mighty Thor, Jane. Yeah. We don't have to reintroduce her. We just have to catch everyone up to why she has this mantle now, what she's yeah. been doing. So we really don't need too much introductory exposition at the top of this, right? We need some of that room for gore, yes. which mm. I'm very excited mm -hmm. about. But when you're a character like a god butcher, it's pretty easy to show everybody <laughs> what you're about pretty quickly. Right. So I think this makes sense. And we're really not going to be able to tell if it's the right runtime until we watch the film, right? I loved the Batman. I think it's a great movie. And I thought, hey, we probably could have shaved 10 minutes off of there, personally for me, right? Everyone's going to have their own feel about how long a movie should be, right? If you're Ray Aura, you would love a minute, <laughs> uh, an hour 15 movie. That'd be perfect. But I think this is probably Taika taking the time he needs to. And one of the hardest things to do in film is editing down, mm, right? Yeah. It's, it's real easy to make a four-hour movie. Oh, super easy to it's make a so longer. It's so easy to yeah. make that. It's really, really difficult to make a nice, tight film that all makes sense and doesn't drag. So that's what I'm hoping we're getting. I, I'm glad you brought up the whole thing about introducing gore, because if you go to the comic books, 
Thor's entire backstory is told in four pages, mm -hmm. maybe five pages. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do that. It's if, if you have a skilled director and writer team that are working together, that can work. Anyway, Aaron, you hear about this. I haven't asked you, you know, are, are you excited about this Thor Love and Thunder at all? But And then what do you think about the runtime being just a hair under two hours? Very excited about it. I like, um, I mean, I, like I said yesterday about Taika Waititi, I think that he has a brilliant way of infusing heart and humor into every project that he is a part of. I will always be excited about Taika Waititi projects. And Chris Hemsworth just brings an effervescence to the character of Thor that is so refreshing to see. You know, we have a lot of moody, broody superheroes, and I get it, you know, the, the, the weight of the world is on your shoulders, but it's really nice to see a superhero that's just like, okay, let's just do this and have a little <laughs> fun. You know, and as far as the runtime, you know, we've heard it all before. It's not the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean. So wow. I, I have, I know, I have, no, I've not, I have not heard that one. Yeah. No. Oh, is that, is that like a Texas a Titanic thing? analogy or like, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, it's a sex analogy. actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a metaphor. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, so yeah. Now she's lost her train of thought. I, <laughs> always. You know, I used to be able to just like throw these out and it, it didn't shake me at all. But now for some reason, I guess I'm, you know, getting a little prudish. Anyway, no, I I, I do think that there is something um, that there's something really refreshing about being able to tell a story in, um, a t in, in a runtime that is not exhausting to audiences and especially with the type of the, with the tone of this film which is light and fun and exciting let's get in let's watch a really fun movie let's get what we need to get and then let's just get the hell out of there you know i don't need to pee my pants ray doesn't need to take three naps and i don't want to have to pay eight hundred dollars for a babysitter ray may so, need to take three naps yeah ray may take only one nap that's it. This is one thing that I'm looking forward to a movie that I'm in, you know, th that doesn't have me squirming in my seat and like ready to race for the bathroom after three and a half hours. Yeah. Ray, I as soon as I saw that this thing was going to clock under two hours, I thought of you immediately. Uh, how happy are you at the runtime of Thor Love and Thunder? <laughs> this one I can't really say I'm happy about because I actually find the the at least the. Thor Ragnarok, very entertaining. Like, I like uh, the director, what he does with movies. And the, you got Chris Pratt, um, um, Hemsworth doing their little dialogue thing. I, I have no problem with it being one hour, 50 minutes. All right. That's not, that's not long to me. All right, question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Apparently, now remember, this is not official yet. We, we haven't heard Disney or Marvel confirm this, but it, it is coming from one of the theater chains. What do you think about it? If it is an hour and 55 minutes, if you like it, you don't. I mean, remember, the original Star Wars was about two hours on the nose. I mean, the, the first Thor, Doctor Strange, these are all two-hour movies. They're great. What do you guys think about it? Jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that all down, Let's move now into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics on the John Campion Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 to www.thejohncampionshow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, 
What is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes from Daryl Myers-Drew. It looks like the axe of Zaslav cuts so deep, it even transcends time and space. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not only is the guy shutting down and killing underperforming and bad projects, he's also holding execs accountable for past mistakes at the company. Just read that he grilled movie execs at WB over Clint Eastwood's El Macho, since it was obvious that the movie would lose money. Of course, this is Cry Macho. Uh, do you think that was harsh of him? All right. Thanks for saying that in. And yes, of course, we, we've talked a lot about it, but the axe of Zaslov has fallen hard and swiftly. One of the first things to go was CNN Plus, which they had spent untold millions of dollars to launch. Yeah. And it was up for less than a month. And the axe of Zaslov fell, which was a great idea because that was just a bad uh, idea in the first place. Then, of course, we saw projects start to get culled and swept away. TV shows being canceled left, right, and center. Of course, uh, most predominantly, we had the Wonder Twins movie that they had just announced the cast. Oh, Done. God. Dead. You're done. Get out of here. I You're felt finished. for that cast. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, he's like, oh, man. we're going to be in the superhero movies. It's like. Well, you know what? Zaslav probably did them a favor yeah, because it was the Wonder Twins. Uh, then on top of the, like, the other six or seven shows they canceled just yesterday, we talked about, you know, they've uh, Riverdale's been told you're not going anywhere past seven seasons. So that's now done too. But you're right. Stepping in to take over a company, Zaslav needs to address everything that has happened before as well to identify problem patterns. Things that have happened before to make sure they do not continue to be patterns under his new regime. And that includes why did movies that were clearly and obviously never going to make money get greenlit in the first place? This comes to us from the good folks over at the New York Post who wrote the following. Cry Macho grossed a little more than $15.5 million worldwide, despite a reported budget of $33 million. During the meeting, studio heads acknowledged that they doubted whether Cry Macho would be profitable. Zaslav is then reported to have asked why the film was made if the executives knew it would be a flop. The studio's bosses are said to have replied to Zaslav that they felt indebted to Eastwood because of the string of hits that he's delivered over his 50-year career with the studio. But Zaslav was unimpressed. According to the journal, he told his underlings that they didn't owe favors to anyone. Zaslav then reportedly quoted a famous line from the 1996, well, Tom Cruise movie, yes, but also the John Campia show. <laughs> it's not show friends, it's show business, he told them. And that is coming us from the folks at the New York Post. All right. This makes me love this guy even more. Mm -hmm. I, you guys know I have been ridiculously excited about David Zaslav coming in to take over this thing and, and all, that, all that kind of stuff. The fact that he is uninhibited in identifying a problem and attacking it directly. And don't mince words. He, David is there to be the boss and to make the company successful. He is not there to make friends. And I love that because you, 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 there would be a train of thought. This says you're walking in, you've now got all these new employees, go in and, you know, ingratiate yourself to them and all that kind of stuff. No, he walks in and says, look, we have a business to run. We have, we have consumers and an audience and a fandom that we owe to make sure we deliver good product, but successful product at the same time. You guys put out this movie the other year. It clearly wasn't going to make money. Why? Explain to me why. And if the answer doesn't satisfy me, beware the acts of Zaslav because you could be finding yourself on the sidewalk by noon. And listen, I know that's not what people want to hear today. 
Today, everybody wants to be pampered. Everybody wants to be cuddled. Everybody wants bosses that that just come in and bring in fluffy big beanbag chairs for you to sit on and enjoy yourself and you know feed you grapes while you sit and relax with the masseuse behind you that the company paid for. Everybody that's wants that's how that. it is at the John Campia well, show. But I that's know, but not how special. it is at Warner Brothers. That's right, damn it, because we're well, special. Usually, that's Great. just a tactic to not pay you. <laughs> that's what people did at yeah. my old job. Oh, there yeah, was a masseuse you- that you could book. And there was a great snack room, but they did not pay us well at all to oh, try to get us all to goodness. just be happy and take the real Yeah, low take the check. fringe benefits. Yeah. I can't pay my rent with fringe benefits. Yeah. So I, I, listen, I hear this and I, I'm reading a bunch of people responding to it saying, well, man, like that, that sounds like it'd be, I don't know if I'd want to work for a boss like that. That's always the type of boss I always look to work with. I, I love work because the expectations are clear. Mm-hmm. You know that the, 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 the demands that the boss is putting on you for excellence and everything, you know he's putting that on himself and on the entire organization. And you feel like you're on a ship that's going in the right direction. And I'll tell you what, I think these are, the big question is not why did David Zaslav walk in there and ask for accountability for why on earth did we all out of nowhere lose $30 million for nothing? The question is why were the bosses before him not asking that question? You wanna know why Warner Brothers was a mess? David Zaslav is starting to bring to the surface why so many things were a mess. Anyway, Aaron, uh, you've heard about this. I mean, you've being involved in different movies and TV shows and projects, you've walked into environments with a lot of different head people. Mm-hmm. But have you seen stuff like this before? And what do you think of what David Zaslav did here? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's also commonplace for someone to come in and want to create their own world. I mean, I remember I, I, I did a, series for um, ABC was my first series and it was greenlit by the previous head of ABC and halfway through our season that person was replaced with a new head of ABC and then all of a sudden all the ads for our show stopped airing all of the billboards for our show came down and I was like, yeah, we're going to get canceled because this does not fit his, it was a gritty drama that, you know, was a bit ahead of its time in my opinion. And this is not, this does not fit the world that he wants to create for the next, uh, for the next few years of ABC. And I was right. And that's exactly what happened. So this is not a surprise. Um, the, it, it also, I love the fact that he's not just saying, hey, I want to create my own thing here. But he's saying, no, 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 no. Let's do a forensic accounting of what went wrong. Why are our numbers the way that they are? So I'm not just going to create a whole new slate moving forward. I'm actually going to look at what worked and what didn't work. We're going to throw out what didn't and we're going to keep what did. And as far as Cry Macho, Do you remember the, quote, trailer that they showed for that at Cinemacon two years ago that you and I saw? No, it wasn't this year. It was the it was the previous. I remember the the trailer. I don't know if I can remember the CinemaCon one, though. Yeah, I remember the CinemaCon one. And I was like, this movie is garbage and they know it. And the reason why I knew that was because (gasps) now I remember. Yes, I know what you're going to say. Because the entire trailer was not a trailer for the movie at all. It was like 30 seconds of clips of the movie, which showed a 91-year-old Clint Eastwood making out with his 52-year-old co-star. And I'm sorry, I love Clint Eastwood. And yes, he is he he is an icon and a titan in this industry, but I don't want to see a 40-year age difference making out on screen. I just didn't it, it was very, it was, it was to use a word that the chat loves so much, 
it was cringe. But, um, but here's the other thing. I didn't think you were going to say that. But what it, the, the next part of it was the fact that the entire trailer was just a montage of Clint's entire history as a director and as yes. a writer. It was a Clint Eastwood love fest, which I appreciate. It was a circle jerk. It was 100% a circle jerk. And I said to you afterwards, I said, you know, if they believed in this movie, they would have shown more of the movie and not just clips of all the previous things that Clint Eastwood has done. They clearly know that this movie is not great and they're hoping that just the name Clint Eastwood will bring people, will bring interest into the movie. And clearly it didn't. They knew it at the time and I, and and, and yeah, there's they're not in the business of stroking egos for people at the cost of $33 million. And there are other ways to acknowledge Clint Eastwood's innumerable contributions to the studio and to our industry without spending $33 million. Hell, spend $2 million and erect a statue of him in the middle of the of the studio. <laughs> you know, you don't have to spend $33 million to honor someone by just giving them a puff, a puff piece that's going to be probably the last film that they're known for. And, and, and the thing is, you everybody could tell because when they run that spot and it's just, it was three to four to five minutes of just all these people at the studio going, Clint Eastwood is an icon. Yeah. Clint Eastwood has done this. And Clint, and yeah, we get it. But you're not showing us the movie. Yeah. So, and you know, and I didn't hate the movie. I, I honestly didn't hate the movie, but everybody could tell this movie was not going to make money. And one of the big shames is not just that Warner Brothers lost $33 million. It's that that's $33 million that another project maybe could have got exactly. and maybe made the company money. Anyway, uh, Chris, you hear about this. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the big thing with Cry Macho for me was I don't remember any marketing except for posters of an angry Clint Eastwood face. Right. <laughs> That's it. I'm glad you enjoyed Which it. Which will sell yeah, it for some yeah, people. Yeah, it, and it very much had that vibe. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't hate the movie. Ashton, the chat here said the chicken was the best actor in it. <laughs> so, I mean, high praise, Ashton. High praise. Um you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's what Zaslav's doing here. And I know some people might think this is being cutthroat, right? It's not. It's him being a smart businessman, mm -hmm. going through, seeing what didn't work, because that's the only way you can move forward is learning from your past mistakes, right? My dad has a great, great question that I use all the time where it's, tell me how this is fair and reasonable. Mm. I would like you to explain to me how this is both fair and reasonable that we move forward with this. And it's the best thing because you get to then have someone explain to you how something isn't fair and reasonable or shouldn't get funding and shouldn't be greenlit. And I think that's what we're seeing here is, no, no, no. Tell me what idea lost out to this one. Why are we doing these kinds of mistakes? And it's the only way they're going to get better. And I think it's a smart, smart move. And I think it does say a lot that even icons can fail and we should make note of that and learn from it. Mm. All right, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? David Zaslav, the new boss of Warner Brothers, is going through and chastising the executives there for past mistakes to try to make sure they don't get repeated moving forward. Maybe you think it's a little bit too harsh. Maybe you think he's been a little bit too harsh ever since he took over. Whatever you guys think, jump down in the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. Before we go any further, we want to take a second and thank one of the sponsors of today's episode of The John Campbell Show, making the show possible, our friends over at ExpressVPN. Guys, we want to take a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, ExpressVPN. Now, you guys have all already heard about ExpressVPN. I've talked about it a number of times in my videos. It's the best way to protect your privacy online and to give you that security online that we all need. 
And there's another practical reason why viewers of this show love using ExpressVN. Take Netflix, for example. You see, thousands of shows on Netflix are only available outside of the US. So you need to change your country if you want to access them. And ExpressVPN lets you do just that. Because what the ExpressVPN app does is it encrypts your data and reroutes it through server locations of your choice. This not only protects your data, but it also lets you control which country you want Netflix to think that you're in. ExpressVPN lets you choose from over 90 different countries. So every time you run out of stuff to watch, you can just fire up the app on your laptop or smart TV, switch your country, and hit connect. And once you refresh your page, you'll get a brand new selection of shows. It's just that simple. And those reasons and many more is why ExpressVPN is the number one rated VPN provider by publishers like TechRadar and The Verge. So guys, visit expressvpn.com campia right now and get three extra months of their service for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash campia go to expressvpn.com slash campia to learn more and again thank you to the folks at expressvpn for being a sponsor of today's episode of the john campia show hey guys remember not only should you just go and check out their uh their promo code and their offer just for your own benefit but when you support our sponsors you're actually supporting us on the john campia show as well so make sure you go and check out expressvpn all right guys with that down let's move on to main topic number two chris what is our second main topic today? This comes from Utkarsh. Hi, John. The Wall Street Journal reported that Zaslav has mandated that all future DC movies be developed as theatrical releases. I'm happy that more movies will get that platform, but I'm also concerned. Streaming opened up the possibility for weird projects that would never have happened before. Now, with Zaslav reportedly axing Wonder Twins for being too niche, should we settle in for exclusively mainstream movies? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. Uh, staying on the, the topic of the new Warner Brothers regime and David Zaslav, and of course, yeah, he's been taking the axe of things, but very quietly, one of the things he's talking about is that he wants a focus again for DC to be on the big screen. That's where he wants these things. Now, we've already seen maybe a little bit of shift happening at Warner Brothers even before Zaslav took over because, once again, there's a Batgirl movie in development that was originally announced to be a project for HBO Max, Warner Brothers streaming service. But then a little bit later on, again, this is before Zaslav took over, they decided that it was going to go the theatrical route. Now, they have another one, um, uh, Blue Beetle, mm -hmm. right? Sorry, the green, the, the Batgirl one they didn't announce to go theatrical, but it looks like it's going to go theatrical. Probably. It was the Blue Beetle one that they changed mm -hmm. their minds to go theatrical. And we're hearing that Batgirl is probably next up. Now, you're right. The idea of having HBO Max there to maybe play around with a little bit as a minor league farm system to take some characters that maybe never would be handed a $125 million budget, therefore never get a chance, but maybe a $30 million budget and put it on HBO Max. That's intriguing. But I think Zaslav is understanding that hey, look, you know where we make our money? We make our money on the big screen. And you know what? Marvel didn't need a small farm system to try Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. They just made a great kick-ass movie, and therefore it succeeded. Anyway, this comes to us from the good folks over at The Hollywood Reporter who wrote the following. Sources say the decision to shut the project, talking about the verification that the Wonder Twins had been shut down. Sources say the decision to shut the project down occurred several weeks ago, which of course we spoke about several weeks ago. According to insiders, the leadership of Warner Brothers Discovery, the new company combining Discovery and Warner Brothers, and now being led by CEO David Zaslav, is imposing a mandate that DC movies should now be made with a theatrical first goal. Wonder Twins, 
uh, the way it had been conceived was, quote unquote, too niche, or in another way of saying it was too stupid, uh, said one source. <laughs> yeah, listen, no, that I, I you guys remember the first day they the news came out that they were going to develop a Wonder Twins film. I has, Are we sure this isn't a joke? Are we sure this isn't a joke? Uh, I mean, so cutting that one down was great. Let's focus, though, on the positive here. Coming out of a disastrous 2021 where the former CEO over there, the former boss, Jason Kalar, had decided that none of our movies are going to be theatrical first. We're going to take all of our movies in 2021. And it failed brutally. And we're just starting to get a sense of the astronomical numbers of that they lost financially as a result of it. And it hurt them and it hurt them bad. Now, taking on that, Zaslav is saying, no, listen, we have these DC characters. We have some of the most iconic, celebrated, wonderful characters in, in fiction that people and families for generations have read and enjoyed and know these are recognizable IP and what the hell are we doing not being theatrical first with them? Mm -hmm. Because we're going to make a lot more money in the theaters. And then because they were in theaters, they're going to make a, they're going to have a lot more success on our streaming platform if they go to theaters first, which is, of course, is what we talked about the other day with, uh, with the other story there. So I hear this and I'm like, again, this is the thing. And people wondered why when they first announced this, I said, I'm telling you guys what, with this new guy coming in, the head of Discovery coming in, the future for Warner Brothers and DC specifically is going to be a lot brighter. There's going to be a lot more success. They're going to, you know, get away, throw out the chaff, all that kind of stuff. I'm loving what I'm hearing because I'm, of course, obviously a theatrical first kind of guy. So I'm loving what I'm hearing. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this. Zaslav is saying, hey, for DC... Now, remember, he didn't say there specifically nothing DC can ever go to HBO yeah. Max. He didn't necessarily say that, but he goes, I want our laser focus to be theatrical first mm -hmm. for our DC projects. How do you take that? I think it's great. I think that we should be seeing movies in a movie theater first, personally. I think that's where they belong. We saw how much that just reinvigorated everyone who works in cinema at CinemaCon, right? All those movie theater owners were so excited about things going to their theaters first again. I think this is great. I think that's exactly what they should be doing. Let I me mean, ask you this, though. Our, our viewer wrote in one kind of concern. Mm -hmm. And and I, and I get the concern a little bit, to be honest with you. It's like, it, it did look like there could be an opportunity here to take some smaller, more niche, niche as I word again, mm -hmm. DC characters that maybe no studio would want to take a chance on in a movie. And maybe they'd have a playground to be in on HBO Max. Do you think that's a bad thing or do you think like Marvel did with Guardians of the Galaxy? Hey, if we're going to go, go big, put it on the big screen. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think it just comes down to the story and the script, right? Right. Because could you do a really cool Wonder Twins story? Maybe. Maybe somewhere out there someone can do a really great story. What it sounded like was happening was not that. <laughs> so I think there still is a playground for this. And remember, guys, too, I mean, sure, the superhero things are going to Disney, Marvel and Warner Brothers, but that's not the only type of movie there is. Right. right. So niche films are still going to exist at other places regardless. Everything, everywhere, all at once. A24 loves doing weird stuff. A24 is always doing groundbreaking films that other people probably would pass on. And sure, there's a smaller budget there, smaller marketing and everything. But that's why it's really important for all of you to go see those groundbreaking films you still haven't seen that movie what are you doing leave right now go watch it it's the best movie of the year it's so good
So I think there's still those options available. And what we're seeing with these companies too, is they are exploring doing different things with these kinds of IP, right? Giving auteurs a chance to make a film like the Batman. You know, if we look over at Disney, they're doing all kinds of stuff. And sure, a lot of that is on streaming for television and everything, but maybe that's where we can explore some of those weirder characters like Peacemaker. That was great. And I would have hated that for that to be a movie. Mm -hmm. It's perfect as a television series. So maybe that's how we compromise playing with those kind of off-color characters. Yeah, and I, I got a feeling, like, pursuant to what you're saying there, that I think we're still going to see some DC HBO Max series. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think when there's a movie project, he wants that to go to screens. Anyway, Aaron, you hear about this. Does this make sense to you? Do you think maybe they're compromising some other areas? What do you think? Well, one of the things that's also important to look at is, you know, he sounds like a person who chooses his words very carefully because he knows that they are going to be printed well, hopefully printed exactly as he says them and then dissected by people like us. And what I notice is that he says the way that it was um, the Wonder Twins as it was conceived was too niche. So whatever the initial conversations about this story were, were not broad enough. The story itself did not seem to have the broad enough appeal. And perhaps that was the issue, was that the people who were conceiving of the actual movie and were saying, this is the movie that we're going to make. And remember also, this was a $75 million budget. So for HBO Max, their goal for their movies is around $35 million. So had Wonder Twins come in come in at about a $30 million budget, there may have been a world where that movie could have been made straight for HBO Max. But Warner Brothers is not going to make a $75 million movie and then have it go to streaming when it's not a, uh, when it is not the kind of movie that's going to pull in enough excitement and interest straight for a, a streaming, but it's also probably not going to be able to make its money back um, in theaters because of the initial conceiving. I also, I agree with what Chris was saying. There's a world in which these characters could live in streaming. And we are going to see more, um, you know, it's not just going to be mainstream movies. These movies, these tentpole movies that everybody says are, you know, just the superhero movies or not, uh, you know, not new or interesting characters. These are the movies that allow for these smaller projects to get made. But those smaller projects can't have a $75 million budget. You know, right. and I also will say I really do hope that the Wonder Twins does make it to our screen somewhere because on a totally non-related note, her hair is on fire in that drawing. I oh, mean, in the drawing. Oh my god. You pulled up that graphic and I was like, both of them have excellent hair. So I mean they, for they nothing definitely else, have sibling hair. Yeah, yeah the, no the hair the that. hair is on the hair is on point. If I didn't have so many calyx, I would be trying I would be headed to the salon right now. All right, guys. The question is for you. What do you think about this? Apparently, Warner Brothers' new mandate is that DC properties should be theatrical first. Is that exciting? Do you like this idea? Maybe, you know, it makes you wonder a little bit. Could some of the smaller little niche things maybe not get made now? I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This comes from Scott Goldie. Hey, John, have you seen the Winchester's prequel series dropped its first trailer? As a huge Supernatural fan, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. I like that we will see more from this world, but John and Mary's backstory was already covered quite a lot in this main series. What are your thoughts on this series? Cash grab or exciting new chapter? 
thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. First thing that has to be said is this, and I need you to listen to me. Sit down, you know, put down your food, whatever. Just, just listen to me here. Every movie ever made, every TV series ever made is a cash grab. You need to understand this. They are are all friends. (laughs) It is all made to make money. Except for Cry Macho. Unless you're Cry (laughs) Macho. Exactly. I was going to say, which is why David Zaslav is like taking out the axe right now. But anyway, that being said, you guys know, and if you haven't, get ready. You're about to know. I love Supernatural. I have watched all 15 freaking years of that thing. Even I even love the not so good seasons. Yeah. Why? Because I didn't really care a lot about the story sometimes. I just wanted every week to hang out with the boys. That's it. I wanted to hang out with the Winchester boys. I wanted to hang out with, uh, with Bobby? Crowley. I wanted to hang out with Bobby. I wanted to hang out with, you know, all of them. I just love all the characters. I want to hang out with Castiel. I wanted to hang out. I just, I just like hanging out. The dialogue in that show was always so fun. And I just felt relaxed when I was watching Supernatural. I loved it. And it broke my heart when they brought it to a close. I mean, and hey, 15 seasons. That's awesome. It did break my heart a little bit. Then they made the announcement they're going to do a Winchester's series. And Jared, uh, not Jared Padalecki, um, Jensen Ackles was going to kind of come back and kind of be a narrator, whatever, of it. And so I sat down to watch the trailer. Oh, it sucks. It sucks. It's, it, it does not look at all interesting. It does not look at all fun. It does not look at all. I, I, do you, even these characters, I'm looking at this. No, no granted, it's a short trailer. It's not a 30-minute episode. But I didn't. I never thought for one second, I want to get to know that character. Mm. And I want to get to know that character. I didn't care. There was nothing at all interesting to me. It looked like supernatural light to me, just minus all the good stuff. And so, uh, I know, what is it we're talking about? Well, this comes to us from the folks over at Variety who wrote the following about the new trailer. Demon Hunters unite in the new trailer for the Winchesters. In the first look at the CW's new Supernatural prequel series, narrator Dean Winchester, Supernatural star Jensen Ackles, takes viewers back to a time to 1972. The story of Sam, played by Jared Padalecki on the original series, and Dean's family has always been a mystery. Not really. They kind of showed it all in the show. Anyway, it's always been a mystery, but now Dean wants to finally uncover how the demon hunting Winchesters came to be. And again, that comes to us from the folks at Variety. Now, look, I'm all for the concept of a supernatural prequel, but the viewer who wrote in is right. We've seen the story of the Winchester parents. We know everything that happened. We know what brought them from A to B and from B to C, and then they're bringing out the boys. We know it. And even that's fine. That's fine. If the trailer still looks good and you have some great dialogue that's engaging and I think this looks like a lot of fun. But, and again, this series might be the best series in the history of television. This could be Succession and Game of Thrones and Yellowstone rolled into one. On the CW. On the CW. Crushing it. But, I mean, it just, it's just a trailer. I get it. Uh, But as a diehard, super hardcore Supernatural fan, nothing about this looked interesting to me. So I don't know, you know, Aaron, I know you did not watch all 15 seasons of Supernatural, but which is actually good in this case because you had a chance to, from a totally clean page, 
look at the trailer for the Winchesters. What did you think about it? Well, it wasn't a totally clean page because I did audition for the role of the mom. Oh, that's and, right. I and totally I didn't get it. So that. the whole time I was like, oh, who did they get? Oh, oh yeah, she's good. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, she looks good. I like that. Yeah, Um. so, you know, I, I can acknowledge when, when they made the right choice. I will say this, and and I say this, John, as a contemporary of yours, as someone who is around the same age, it doesn't surprise me that you felt a camaraderie with Jensen Ackles and you know, that with the boys that you wanted to hang out with them because they're our age. Right. <laughs> the people that are starring in this show are 20 plus years younger than us. I don't want to hang out with them either. No offense to t people in their 20s. I don't want to hang out with you. I want you to hang out with your friends. And I'm going to hang out with other old farts like me who go to bed at 9 p.m. You can't rent a car. Aaron Cummings has nothing to do with you. <laughs> you know what? When I was in my 20s, I hang out with people in my 20s. Now I'm a little older and I hang out with old farts. Um, and so I can look at this and, and what I hope for this series is that especially with Jensen Ackles being, I know that he's the narrator of it, but I also wonder if he's in some way producing it. I imagine yes, that yeah. he's, yeah. So I imagine that Jensen Ackles is also helping to infuse this show with the spirit of Supernatural for a new generation. And so I am going to, um, you're right. I do come into this clean. I don't have, uh, you know, uh, my own special nostalgia for the original series. So what I look at this as is I don't see this as the next step for people who love Supernatural. I look at this as a continuation of the supernatural world for a new generation of viewers. So it doesn't surprise me that you don't want to hang out with these people. But I wonder if maybe a 24 or 27 year old John would. I don't think that had anything to do with it. Like, for instance, Doctor Strange, my favorite character is America Chavez, and I love Umbrella Academy, and these are all, like, early 20 characters. I don't, but if they didn't want it to be the next step for the fans of Supernatural, then why soak it in the nostalgia by having Dean doing the narration and saying, well, you've heard the story, but, like, they so really marked it So you could watch it, it like with that. your 20-year-old child. <laughs> I, oh, all right. Chris? No, what do you it's think me. about it? What, do, what did child. you think about the What did you think about the trailer? I I think it's pretty bad just because the the uh, constant there were so many mysteries about my parents. Were there Dean? <laughs> were there? Because I came to Supernatural late. I watched it on Netflix and then basically like the last two seasons I watched on the CW. Right. Um and I loved this show. I love Castiel so much. I learned it from the pizza guy. I love him. <laughs> I want a show about him. I want a show about the demons. I want a show about any other tertiary character because we already explored so much about Mary. That was yeah. the whole big thing on the show was we had this big reveal. We learned several about big reveals. Several big reveals. Oh my gosh, she was a hunter the whole time. Wow. <laughs> we learned about the men of letters. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it's going to potentially be interesting to see the men in letters in action. But I'm not holding out hope. This doesn't look awesome. You know, they're, they're at some point they're going to go to the bunker. It's like, oh, it's the bunker. It's the bunker. It's the bunker. And I, I just don't know why they did this. The only thing that I enjoyed in the trailer, honestly, was the uh, punching mishaps. I thought oh, that, that was not that, right. okay. I, that, I, that I will really give it fun. that. That was funny. Yes. And I did like the Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, uh, yeah, 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 I thought was... that was cute. 
Other than that, I'm not super, super into this. Spoiler alert, that show is old as hell. If you don't know Mary was a hunter, that's your own problem, chat. Yeah, yeah you've, had, you've had a long time to watch that if you wanted to. All right, guys, question is for you. Were you a fan of Supernatural? Yes or no? And I'm very interested to know this because when you tell me in the comment section below if you like this trailer, I want to know if you were originally a fan of Supernatural or if you're just totally new to this and watching. I want to see if there's any difference between you know who liked it and who didn't. I don't know. Whatever your thoughts are, jump on down there and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This comes from Vanish. Hello, John and team. I saw on Twitter today that She-Hulk became the most watched Marvel Disney Plus trailer ever, not counting the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which included a Super Bowl spot. I'm quite surprised because I didn't know She-Hulk was that popular. What do you guys think about the numbers? And do you think this could be the biggest show they've done yet? Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And I remember being at D23 a couple of years ago when Kevin Feige came on stage and announced a lot of new projects. They announced Ms. Marvel. They announced Moon Knight. And they announced She-Hulk. And I honestly never thought they would do She-Hulk. But here they were. And, and, and listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of derivative characters. You know, I, we got Flash. Well, you got to have Kid Flash. We have Hulk. Well, you got to have She-Hulk. I mean, I, I'm not a, a big fan of that. Like, just make it a totally separate kind of character, but whatever. So then they now say cast Tatiana Maslany, good Canadian kid for it. So that instantly got my attention because she's fabulous. That got my attention. But I honestly did not know if there was going to be a big swell of support and people interested in this show. Well, apparently there are. Because more people watched this trailer online than any other trailer that a Disney Plus MCU show has done so far. Again, saving Falcon the Winter Soldier because Falcon the Winter Soldier also had that little Super Bowl uh, thing that it aired that during. Sports ball yeah, show. that little sports ball event that they had that added to the numbers. But I mean, it is crazy. More people jumped on watching the trailer of this than they did for Loki. More people rushed to watch the trailer for She-Hulk in the first 24 hours than they did for Moon Knight or for... Uh, you know, or for Hawkeye or for any of these things for She-Hulk. Anyway, this comes to us from the folks over at the Hollywood Reporter who wrote the following. Fans clearly liked liked it when she was angry. The first trailer for She-Hulk Attorney of Law ripped through 78 million views in the first 24 hours that the trailer was online Tuesday. That enormous viewership is the second largest trailer debut for a Marvel Studios series behind only 2021's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which included a Super Bowl spot. The first look at the series, which stars Tatiana Maslany, spread through social media like wildfire, immediately becoming the number one trend on Twitter. The nine-episode series becomes a host of MCU vets, including Mark Ruffalo as Smart Hulk, or Professor Hulk, uh, Tim Roth reprising his role as, yes, Emil Blonsky, a.k.a. The Abomination, and fan favorite, again, yes, Benedict Wong, Yay, Wong. as Wong. Yay, Wong, indeed. I love that Wong is going to be in here. Um, listen, again, I have watched this trailer about 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 times. I, I again, I listed it on my pros and cons yesterday. The one of the cons was the CGI on She-Hulk herself. Again, I, I attribute that to two things. One, there's an uncanny valley with her. Unlike, somebody said, well, I mean, Abomination looked great. Well, yeah, Abomination looked great because he's a monster. Yeah, there's like, no gauge for what he's supposed exactly, to really Exactly, there's look no like. uncanny valley there. Yeah. Like, even Ruffalo's Hulk, while he bears a resemblance to Ruffalo, it's very different. Her, they're trying to make her look straight human, just with green skin. And so there's a little bit of an uncanny valley there. I admit, it, it's a little off-putting. It's not great CGI, but guess what? 
I bring this one up all the time, but it, it bears saying here, did I love the look of of She-Hulk in this? I didn't love the look of it because the, the CGI, but guess what? Black Lightning had the most god-awful costume in the history of superhero anything, and it was hard to look at a lot, but I loved that show because the characters were great, the stories were fun, the backgrounds were interesting. That made it. So even though it was the most god-awful, ugly costume to look at, the show was fantastic and I really loved watching it. Am I kind of off put by the CGI of the character? Yes, I am. But that's not going to have any input impact on whether or not I really enjoy this show. And everything else about this trailer was so bang on to the tone of the comics. And again, I've, I was asking for years for it to be an Ally McBeal set in a superhero world. And that's totally what it felt like. So it checked all the boxes for me. I, I'm surprised, though, I got to admit. I am surprised. If you had told me yesterday that more people would watch this trailer than Loki or Hawkeye or any of the others, I would have said no way. But here we are. So that's kind of a cool thing to see. Anyway, uh, Chris, shattering number records yeah. here for this kind of stuff. What does that tell you? I mean, it tells me that She-Hulk fans are showing up. She is a wildly popular comic book character. You know, she was Deadpool before Deadpool was Deadpool. Mm. She was very, very self-referential. In Sensational She-Hulk number nine is when she first got super, super meta and ripped villains out of the pages of her own comic book. She yelled at Bobby Chase, the editor, about how she was being drawn incorrectly. Like, she is a really, really cool character. And on top of it, she's really hot. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think people wanted to tune into this one who were diehard fans. And two, because this is such a different kind of show that we're getting. And this kind of goes back to the other question we were talking about before about having quirky niche characters pop up. This is the way to do it in these streaming shows, right? Just like we saw with Peacemaker, just like we we're hopefully going to see with Ms. Marvel. Having these characters have these nice long runs on a show to introduce them, explore them, and play with the genre within the superhero realm. I think people are excited to see something different that maybe is a little fresh and new from what we've kind of seen from superhero movies, right? We know Hulk smash, but how does Hulk smash on a date? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, the end of that trailer when she's carrying that guy, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried about that guy's safety. Oh, man. I, I'm not worried about that guy at all. <laughs> I think that guy is doing have a great just time. fine. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Aaron, are you surprised to see the popularity of this thing? Or, like, what do you think? Well, one of the things, it's not necessarily the, she to me, I didn't really know that there were that many She-Hulk fans bubbling underneath the surface waiting for the trailer to come out. And maybe that is a part of it. But I think that something else that we should consider is the power of publicity. And we all know about projects that, you know, sort of sneak up on us and then all of a sudden they create a buzz and then a, a bubble and then a, or a, a buzz and then a bubbling and then a rumbling and then a roar. But this is something that's straight out the gate. I mean, if you just Google She-Hulk, the variety of publications that are covering this, whether it's Jezebel or Women's Health or CNN, Wired, Variety. I mean, they are going across the board and they're focusing on different That's aspects of yeah. it. And a big part of it is, hey, like in Women's Health, check out um, – uh, Tatiana's workout routine. Hey, check out uh, Jamila. Uh, Jam Jamila Jamil? Jamila Jamil. Mm -hmm. ja check out her workout routine on women's health and how she got that buff bod. You know, Jezebel, the, uh, the, the, the headline is giving us the insanely buff She-Hulk we deserve. Um, you know, all these different different 
genres of outlets are covering this. And every time you click on one of them, what's the first thing that pops up? The link to the trailer. Yeah. And so every time if I'm in women's health and I want to go, oh, She-Hulk, that's a workout routine. I'm trying to get a little bit more tone. Let me click on that. And I watch the trailer. That's the first thing that I see. So I think that it's not just about the excitement of the show. It's the fact that they were really smart about understanding if we want to create a buzz about this, we have to create it across the board. And we need to not just get comic fans excited about this show. We need to make this a show that women who may not necessarily have uh, uh, comic books on their on the forefront of what they're looking for, make them really interested in watching it and go, oh yeah, She-Hulk's a show that I really want to watch. I want to watch this buff, smart woman, you know, kicking ass. And so I think that the publicity machine behind this is a big factor that's driving these numbers. Ray, I wanted to ask you about, like, we see these numbers are like this big. Why do you think that we have more people tuning in to watch the She-Hulk trailer than watch the trailer for Loki or WandaVision or Hawkeye or, or any of these things? What, what, what stands I, out to you? Man, I wish you would ask me that before the show because I have no idea, to be honest. Like, I I, I always thought it was going to be one of the ones I that actually fly under the radar that nobody I did watches. too, yeah. yeah. But I'm... For me, I actually am looking forward to Miss Marvel. I mean, that that show. So there's there's a thing for everybody, I guess. Yeah, I, uh, I guess that's the thing that Marvel's tapping into. There's a thing for everybody. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. Why do you think that She-Hulk has gotten that many views in the first 24 hours? Maybe just people like me were really kind of underestimating just how popular and passionate of a following that She-Hulk has. I, I, I admit, I probably did underestimate that. What do you guys think? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to our fifth main topic today. Chris, what is our fifth and final main topic today? This comes from Kylo Ken. John, did you see that Marvel has hired writers Matt Corman and Chris Ord of USA's Covert Affairs, who will write and executive produce the upcoming Daredevil Disney Plus series? It's pretty exciting. It seems like there's more movement on the series. I'm very excited to see where they take the new Daredevil series. What are your thoughts on this update? Are you familiar with this writing duo? Can't wait to hear what the panel thinks. As always, thank you and bring on the filthy. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, Covert Affairs, the only reason I was familiar with Covert Affairs is because it had Piper Parabo in it. Mm -hmm. And man, she was kind of my celebrity crush for a couple of years. She did uh, Cowboy Coyote, Ugly. Coyote, Coyote Ugly. Coyote Ugly. Coyote ugly. Can't fight the moonlight. Cowboy <laughs> Ugly. <laughs> Cowboy Ugly. <laughs> that's a totally different show. That's, that's when Clint Eastwood you, movie. That's when you've had too many drinks. That's yeah, that's many. true. <laughs> so, I uh, mean, so I was, I was, I crushed on her for a long time. So, the, so there was that. They've done a couple other things that are pretty notable as well. But look, the, the key thing here is this once obviously that we got charlie cox pop up in the spider-man movie we knew well that's not just going to be a one and done thing we we're going to see him pop up again then we started hearing word going around that a lot of people think they were going to do a series and we even talked about that a few months ago that it'll look like they're going to do a series but now it's official they've got the writing staff on they got the writing team on and they're doing it this comes to us from the folks over at polygon who wrote the following variety reported that matt corman and chris ord are attached to write and executive produce a new series for the hero that would stream exclusively on disney plus corman and ord have worked together for several years co-creating shows like usa's covert affairs as well as executive producing series like the enemy within and the brave this hiring would confirm long-standing rumors that Disney Plus series was imminent and certainly fits all of the recent MCU setup, which suggests a reboot of the Netflix series that was canceled in 2018. So listen, 
a couple of years ago, I did not think that this was going to... Now, of course, a couple of years ago, there was a different legal set of circumstances going on. Disney did not have the rights to do this incarnation, Charlie Cox's incarnation of Daredevil. They didn't have the rights to do that. Well, clearly, at some point along the line, Netflix and Disney made a financial deal. Disney was able to get those rights. And then here we go. The big question now is, is this a reboot, as Polygon and a number of other outlets are calling it, or is this Daredevil season four? Now, I do not have a great depth of conviction on this, but I have believed, and I still believe, because remember, we read these comments from Charlie Cox before. Charlie Cox says, this isn't the exact same Daredevil. I mean, he said that himself. So it, it brings up a question. My belief right now, which I could be totally wrong about, I wouldn't be willing to bet $100 on it, is that this is going to be a very similar Daredevil to the one we got in Netflix, but it is not the actual same guy. It's not that same, well, in modern uh, vernacular, the same variant. It's not yeah. the exact same guy. There's going to be some minor differences and minor changes that will differentiate this Daredevil from the Daredevil that we had in Netflix. Uh, same goes with Kingpin. So that's what I think. But, I mean, Kevin Feige can go the other direction as well. He can straight up come out and say, and we, when we get an official announcement, they might straight up say, Daredevil, Daredevil, boom. Pause, 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 and then just slowly fading from black, season four. I mean, they might do that. That's possible. I would just put my $1 right now on that. It's a slightly different iteration with a lot of similarities. But the key thing here is that it looks like it's official. It is happening. It is coming. How many more times are we going to see Charlie Cox before that series comes up? That's another good question as well. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this? Mm -hmm. It looks like it's now happening. They're doing a Daredevil series yeah. on Disney+. Plus. Do you like it? Do you not? And then the big question, of course, is now, do you still think it's the same one or do you think it's a, a slightly different variation? What do you think? Oh, man, I'm so excited for this to happen. I want this so much. That hallway scene is still one of the best scenes yeah, ever done in television. It really is. Oh, it's so great. I am really, really happy about this writing pair. Honestly, I'm a sucker for the USA Network shows. I loved Covert Affairs and Burn Notice and White Collar. I was obsessed with those shows. Um, so I think this will be fun. And they understand the idea of a procedural, right? They understand high stakes. So I think we're going to have a real, real fun time with our scripts here. I'm hoping it's a continuation. Maybe it won't be as grisly as what we saw on Netflix um, now that it's going over to the House of Mouse. But... <laughs> I really hope that this is a season four, mostly just because I want Foggy Nelson. I want my avocados <laughs> at law. I want them to be there. I love Karen. I mean, I really want those characters to be a part of this too. And if we still have Charlie and if we still have Vincent, and maybe people find those two people to be more iconic, but I feel like that trio of Karen and, and Daredevil and Foggy, just having Matt with those two really, really helped his character a lot. And I feel like those actors did such a wonderful job that I'd love to see them back all together. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that we're going to get at least the Foggy character, right? Yeah. Now, whether or not that'll be John Favreau, uh, probably not, because he's already spoken <laughs> for here. Because you know, just yeah, John Favreau played Foggy in another iteration, of mm -hmm. course. But I, so I do think we're, the question I want it to will be, be my Mighty Duck playing Foggy. Will it be the exact same ones yeah. as in there? That I don't know, but we're definitely going to get those characters anyway. Aaron, you heard about this. Mm -hmm. 
It looks like it's now official. I, I, I hesitate to use the word official because I don't think Disney has made the official statement yet, but this is variety that came out to reveal this. So it's you can pretty much take it to the bank. What do you think about them going to series with the Daredevil? And do you think it's going to be the exact same Daredevil from Netflix or a slightly different variation? Well, we know that uh, Kevin Feige did say in 2021 in an interview, and I'm going to read this here as a direct quote, if you were to see Daredevil in upcoming things, Charlie Cox, yes, would be the actor playing Daredevil. Where we see that, how we see that, when we see that remains to be seen. So um, if we're going to take him at his at his word, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see that Charlie Cox will be playing the Daredevil. And given that we... Which of course he already popped up in Spider Man. So, right, exactly. Yeah. As we've seen him recently, it would be absolutely it would be super weird if after seeing him pop up in Sp in, in Spider Man, and then wasn't he in something else recently as well? I feel like no, no, I feel like he was. Um, it would be weird if all of a sudden it was like, just kidding, Tom Holland is now. I mean, that would be obviously weird for a number of other reasons. But if someone else was announced as um uh as Daredevil, it would be super weird. And because it's Charlie Cox and we so recently saw him in the Netflix series. What I'm hoping is that this opens up a whole new world to see other defenders like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And also Stephen Denight, who was the executive producer of the original, the, the Netflix season Daredevil. one of the, which you worked with Stephen tonight on Spartacus. I did. I, I worked with him on dollhouse first. That's right. And then I forgot that about led that. To, yeah. That led to Spartacus. Absolutely. And he's a phenomenal writer and directed the first episode of daredevil um, executive produced the series. And so I'm, and I know that on Twitter as of recently, as of 20 hours ago, he was saying, I'm back to work on secret projects. So I'm hoping that at some point the, uh, we'll have an announcement that Stephen tonight is also a part of this as well, but I'm really hoping that this just opens the door to see Kristen Ritter back as Jessica Jones, um, you know, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and, 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 and just to see a continuation, not a direct line of like, Oh, we're picking up where we left off, but that, these characters are still the same that we fell in love with in the Netflix series. Uh, I wanted to ask producer Jonathan. Jonathan, I know you were you were a fan of uh, Daredevil. What do you think about them saying they're going to bring it back as a Disney Plus series? Uh, well, oh, we're frozen. Yeah, we got to get that webcam fixed. -Hulk, but uh, I'm really excited. Uh, they, it was, I think, most people's, if we're all being honest, most people's favorite Netflix series for the Marvel the four characters. Yeah, I think it's probably fair to um, say. I love seeing him in in uh, in Spider Man, and I mean, in in a sense, it's like sometimes even series change their tone over seasons. Mm -hmm. So you could just think of this as like a tone shift, and and it's like a hybrid of well, it's season four. Uh, it's not necessarily re reboot. It's just a tone shift. Um, it's still going to be Daredevil. It's the same actors. I mean, well, changed. we don't know if it's going to be the same act. That's the thing. We, yeah, we like, don't know, we know I mean, Charlie Cox, like, but we don't know about any of the other I thought, characters. Yeah, right I was now. talking about like just Charlie. We know, well, we know Kingpin is, is there, uh, D'Onofrio. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do with it. I've been wanting Daredevil mixed into this MCU for a long time. So if it requires a tonal shift, I don't see that as a negative. All right, oh, guys. That's what it was. That's what it was. It was uh, um, Vincent D'Onofrio that made the appearance, and so that was that crossover. Oh yeah, yeah. So he was in uh, he was in the Hawkeye series, mm -hmm. right? All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? I mean, we've kind of known it was coming for a while. We've been talking, but now it seems to be out there. There is going to be a Disney Plus Daredevil series, but is it as Polygon called it a rebooted series, or is it 
essentially a Daredevil season four. I don't know. We'll still have to wait and find out. I mean, like I said, Charlie Cox has said a lot of stuff that makes me think it's a rebooted thing, but maybe it won't. Kevin Feige surprised us before. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below <clears throat> and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, we're now going to go in and start taking your live comments and questions. So we're going to open up the Super Chat right now. And if you guys have thoughts, opinions, questions, theories, observations, whatever about all the stuff that we just talked about or anything else that you'd like, go ahead and start firing that in. We'll get to that in just a second. But before we get to those, we want to thank another sponsor of today's episode of The John Campus Show, our friends at Athletic Greens. Hey, guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, athletic greens now when you get really busy and you guys know that ann and i are really busy one of the first things you sacrifice is eating healthy and you know i simply have never eaten enough vegetables in my diet i admit it so for a long time i've been looking for a really good all-in-one supplement that helps me get those nutrients and vitamins that my body needs and thank goodness i found athletic greens ag1 so what is athletic greens ag1 well with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. And for me and Ann, it's easy. We get up in the morning, we pour a big glass of water, and add one scoop of AG1. So many people today are taking some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And it's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. And on top of giving you all those vitamins and nutrients, it also supports better sleep and quality of recovery, and supports mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mailbag. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mailbag to take ownership over your health and pick hey. up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And a big thank you again to the folks at Athletic Greens because I really need it because I do not get enough vegetables when I diet. I need this stuff badly. Anyway, guys, go down to the description of the video. See the link for it there as well as the, the uh, promo code down there. Go and check it out. Use it. I think you're going to love it. And remember, when you support the sponsors of the show, you're supporting the show itself. So with that down, guys, you guys have been firing in some super chats. Let's get on open. This only going to be open for about another 30 seconds. Uh, so let's go on over and start taking your comments now. Chris, what do we got? We've got support from the Jughead One and Devin and then a Marcellus. Give me a minimum of nine episodes for Daredevil written in a good, co uh, good cohesive story. And please don't tone it down so much that it's MCU jokes. Uh, I mean, it is going to be interesting to see what kind of a difference they choose to do. And when, I, when difference, I don't mean, is this a different Daredevil than the Daredevil we had on uh, on Netflix? What I, by difference, I mean, now that it's not on Netflix, where you can just do whatever, um, you, we are now on Disney+. Plus. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of changes they make. Look, I don't care. It doesn't have to be as dark and gritty as the Netflix series was. It doesn't need to be, as long as you still make it great. And as long as it's great, it's great. Go as, you know, go as uh, gritty in the tone that you can. But as long as you make it great, I'm fine with it. All right, what's next? 
from Jay Bling. Aaron, you shouldn't be hating on rain when you desperately need it where you are. Okay, I will be the first person to admit, yes, I appreciate when it rains for what it does for our community and for our trees and to prevent the fires that we have every year. I'm not saying it shouldn't rain. I have seasonal affect disorder. And so when it does rain, I just get really, really depressed. And so that's why I don't like it. I appreciate it. But in the same way that, you know, John can appreciate ketchup on eggs, but he doesn't necessarily like it. I feel that way about rain. <laughs> All right. What's next? <laughs> From Andy, one of two. The Winchester's trailer was meh, but it was great to see Dean again. Dean is tied with Batman as my all-time favorite character, and I felt emotional seeing him again. Also... Uh I'm mainly into women. However, Jensen Ackles clearly ages through the years, but gets Oof. stupid hotter. I'd lick yeah. that man head to toe. Same. Uh, okay, in, Andy. In, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Same. Listen, he's... He pretty. I love him and the character. And, you know, listen, when it started and you, you saw Jensen Ackles leaning on the car, it's like, oh, cool. It's just that didn't really go anywhere after that, unfortunately. So that is what it is. All right. What's next? From Sam Fisher. My wish for this dead... Uh, Daredevil reboot. I need to move Obi-Wan. Homie, you gotta go. <laughs> okay. Uh, my wish for this Daredevil reboot season four is that they bring back the whole cast, but this time Nelson Murdoch and Paige are a successful firm. I will see. Again, I I am not sitting here telling you they're not going to do that. I am sitting here saying I, I'm, I'm having doubts they're going to do that. I, I'm expecting that we're going to get a new Foggy um, and maybe a new Karen Again, I'm not saying that definitively. I'm just saying if I had to guess right now, that's what I think they're going to do. And where they have it, who knows? We don't need a whole new origin story again, though. We don't need a whole new origin story. Yeah. So we'll see where they go. All right, what's next? From Irene Jobson, sending in some support and some lightning bolts. Thank oh, thank you, you Irene. Amin, did you see the Obi-Wan clip? Ooh, I did. Ooh. Yeah, there's a new clip. Now, it's it's just a little bit, it's, it's short. It's like 10 seconds. It's just basically Owen and Ben having this back and forth. Like, and basically Obi-Wan saying, uh, saying to uh, Uncle Owen, we talked about this, like at a certain age, he's blah, blah, blah. And he, and then Ben says something and then Obi-Wan says something, then, oh, then Lars says something and whatever. And it's just a really good, intense kind of back and forth. Again, it was only like 10, 15 seconds long, mm -hmm. but it was really cool to see. I, this thing starts next week, guys. Yeah. Obi-Wan starts next week. Like I like somebody mentioned that to me this morning. I'm like, what wait, next week? It's it still feels like it's something so far away, but it's coming next week. I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? From South Texas Shark, we need a Joey Bishop custom emoji. I okay. mean, yeah, well, can maybe. Can I just show you the back of Joey's hoodie that she borrowed from her brother? It's her it's her Grogu hoodie and it says too cute I am. Oh, too cute I am. Oh, Joey. That fits, little Joey. Uh, little by the Joey. way, one of our uh, acting actor level members of the John Campus Show channel. By the way, guys, you can become members of the channel. Thank you for all the guys who have. Uh, Francisco Gomez Vega wrote in, love you guys. Happy John's mom is doing better. She She's not out of the woods yet, but she's recovering. Uh, hope she makes a full recovery. Rob, we miss you. Rob is, of course, homesick right now. Uh, Chris and Aaron together are dynamite, and oh, Ray oh, is my man. Yeah. Hi. We are. So thank you for saying that in, Francisco. All right, what's next? From James Wheeler, sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you, thank James. You. Happy Friday to my favorite YouTube crew. Chris, you are so right about Belle. I love the story, but the music is also amazing. Oh, that soundtrack is fire. Is it really good? It's so good. It's how I put myself up when I'm on my drive over here. Now, th this is a movie that came out this year? 
Yes. So it would qualify for the next. Yes. It's okay, going to get nominated. The next Oscar. A thousand percent. It's going to be up right. there with Lightyear. I got to watch it at some point. All right. What's next? Lightyear. <laughs> From Tyler Pfeiffer. Uh, Cox and D'Onofrio are supposedly cast in the Echo Show, too. Yeah. Sense. See, it's it, it, here's the thing. We didn't talk about this the other day, but the synopsis came out. We know a little bit more about it there. It does not take place in New York. It doesn't take place in the city. So it's far from all of that. It's nowhere near Hell's Kitchen. Mm -hmm. And they did the big cast list. No mention of Cox or D'Onofrio. So I know a lot of us were speculating. I know I speculated at one point that it's going to be an Echo series, but there's going to be a lot of Daredevil and a lot of uh, Kingpin in it. it. It's kind of looking now like they probably will appear, but it's probably going to be very minor. I, I've got it at... at I got a feeling it's going to be maybe one episode each. Just to weave them into the universe. I guess so. So I, I don't know, but it doesn't look to be much because they certainly weren't mentioned in the cast list. All right. What's next? From Sam Fisher. Just wanted to let you know that the John Campia Show contact page still says no, no way home spoiler questions. <laughs> oh, we're very yeah. serious about them. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, we still don't want any spoilers for, for no way. I at some point I got to update. Uh, yeah, I'll have to go in. I haven't updated that in a long time. I'll go in and update that. Thank you for the heads up. <laughs> All right, what's next? From Devin Riverdale and uh, WT canceled. WT. I have no idea what WT. Oh. Uh, guys, when you write in, please don't write in an acronyms because we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Don't know what that is, but yes, the axe of Zaslav continues to fall, my friends. Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? From, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. Zaying Dai? Let me know if I pronounced your name horribly wrong. I'm so sorry. I went to Texas schools. AMC, <laughs> we make movies start 30 minutes late. That should totally be like, you know how there's the, the YouTube uh, videos that they do honest trailers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you were doing an honest ad campaign, AMC theaters, we start movies 30 minutes late and there's nothing you can do about it. All right. What's next? From Sam Fisher, can we get an Axe of Zaslav t-shirt with a blocky graphic black and white axe with red blood on it, please? I mean, that you know what? I By the way, there was a, I can't remember which one, but I think uh, me and uh, Scott were talking about one of the news outlets was talking about some of the shows being canceled. And they meant, as YouTube film pundit John Campion says, the Axe of Zaslav has fallen. Oh, it's yay. like, it's Love catching it. on. It's like from Mean Girls. We're going to make it a thing. Uh, I'm going to make it a thing. This is our fetch. <laughs> this is our fetch. All right, what's next? From Chris, two outstanding series to put on your radar, Time Traveler's Wife on HBO and Shining Girls on Apple TV. I have not heard of either. I have heard of both. The trailer for Time Traveler's Wife looks fantastic, and it looks like they're actually going to do the book justice, unlike that film. Mm. Um, and then Shining Girls, I haven't watched. I've only seen a few little fast clips when Apple TV shows you like what's on their uh, right. streaming service. But Rob has said really great things about it. Do we know who's in it? Is there anybody? Elizabeth Moss. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh, that's the I've been seeing yeah. billboards for that. As long as it's not like her staring at the camera every five seconds, like Handmaid's Tale, because I'm real over that shot of her like going. Yeah, well, considering yeah, her... that the billboard for <laughs> Shining Girls is literally just her face staring at the camera. I have a feeling you're probably going to see that image no. a lot. I'm just letting you know. Like, Handmaid's deal. Tale is like one of the greatest things on television oh, in yeah. decades. But her staring menacingly i i have so much rage face mm -hmm. stared straight in the camera for 15 seconds uninterrupted you're right i'm totally over that shot I, mm -mm. I am completely over that shot all right what's next from uh fifi i love watching the show lately thank you fifi Yay. my favorite storyline going on right now in the john campia show is waiting for them to visit chef rigo 
I mean, I'm still upset that I was not invited, and I'm still upset that there has yet to be an invite, except from Chef Rigo personally. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm coming to visit you, but I need my friends to bring me because I don't know where you are. Well, here's the thing. There was no invite because what happened was it was just Ray, myself, Anne, and our friend Ryan, and we were out getting my Deadpool figure. Oh, you and weren't there? No. no. Oh, I feel bad. And we just okay. decided while we were out, you know, well, we're going to get something to eat. You know, we should go to Shogun. We got some time. And it was the last <laughs> second thing. We just went to Shogun. And- is Shogun here in the area where yes. the studio is? Yes. So we yeah. could make a plan of doing it like. Yes, we can. Do they have lunch? I think they do. Yes. Is but Jeff we should Rigo, probably we- wait for Rob to come back before we do that. Because oh, he, true. I know he wants to go too. Okay. So when Rob comes back. When and you're here. And, and I am here. We will plan. But Chef, we need Chef Rigo to be there. So yeah. we'll have to make sure that he works we'll know, yeah, on we'll a Wednesday. Can I tell you like an honestly very embarrassing fear of mine? Sure. That the I, food is going to fly up in that your That a knife is. I sit there like this, like my little fingies are going to protect my neck. <laughs> and I'm very, I'm very, very convinced that I'm going to die in an embarrassing way at a hibachi grill where oh, a chef just God. has loose little fingies and he knifes me. I feel that way about baseball games. And I love going to baseball games. But I, anytime that there's a fly ball, I will hide. Yeah. And I don't need to catch that. We'll put a COVID shield in front of you. I trust you, chef. But I mean, that's just a dumb, irrational fear of mine. All right. What's next? From Ryan Lawner, uh, one of two. I've now seen quite a few performances from Aaron, and my favorite is Halt and Catch Fire. Oh my gosh, thank you. I didn't even know you were in Halt and Catch Fire. I was. I lo- oh God, that was uh, that was one of my favorite things to do. It was such a magical experience because it was like we were filming this tiny little movie inside of the show, and um, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. Right, there's a part two, I yeah. think, somewhere. I got it right there. Love seeing her make such a fully developed character in just ten minutes or so of screen time. And I kept hoping that character would come back. The neat thing about Erin in these shows is that she always makes, like even when a lot of these shows, like their guest appearances, whether it's it's Block or it's in uh, the Blacklist or whatever, she makes such a lasting impression oh, with you. with a guest spot role. I mean, so, yeah, but I didn't even know you were in Halt and Catch Fire. I, I did two episodes. They actually flew me back to, and I didn't even have a single line of dialogue, but they still had to pay me for... Uh, the amount because my agents were like, yeah, if you're going to fly her to Atlanta, you're going to pay her to do a full episode. And they were like, she literally just stands there and is in a dream. And they were like, you're going to pay. And I was like, cool. That's why. <laughs> hey, kids, get a good agent. All right. What's next? From Elizabeth Harado. I keep forgetting that Stranger Things season four is coming till I get Insta ads for it. I think the pandemic and its huge hiatus made way for more content to become ingrained in our minds. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I just, when epi- when seasons two and seasons three were coming out, you could feel the wave of buzz. Like, you could feel the excitement. And I have just not been getting that from a lot of people and, and online or in my social feeds or anything like that. I'm just not sensing that same enthusiasm. And I think Elizabeth is right. I think a lot of that has to do with you know, the pandemic, the delay, the wait. We've it's been years since we've had the last one. So let's see how the enthusiasm goes though once it actually drops. Cause I think you're gonna see it fire it up a little bit more then. All right, what's next? From Gotta Love Them Movie, sending in a almost twenty dollar super. Thank show. you, Thank Gotta you. Love. One of two. Hey friends, I felt a close connection with the John Campia show for quite some time, and for more reasons than just the love of film. I recognized Chris on a flight a few years ago. I'm a flight attendant. Oh my god! You were so nice to me. We're talking about your improv troupe and everything. Um, okay. That's awesome. It's up here. 
And I also happen to live in the same building that Aaron lived in on Manhattan Avenue in New York City. Stop it! Keep, oh, oh my God! Keep doing what you're doing and I'll still be here. Bring on the filthy! Oh, what? For so, oh so, my God, that's so crazy. So you had like a flight attendant and... Yeah, and he made me seem so much cooler than I was because then the ladies next to me, one of which pulled out a tuna fish sandwich and that's not cool. No, I not can't smell, but I know that's not a good move. Not on an airplane. But he came by and was just like, hey, you're Chris on the John Campia show, right? And these ladies then next to me thought that I was some big celebrity because I got recognized. Um, and he hooked me up with a Bloody Mary. There you go. Nice. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I'm blown away that we lived in the same building in Harlem on Manhattan in 120th. Oh, sorry. I'm just giving out your address. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my and dad. your phone number is Paula. <laughs> All right. What's next? From Chef Rico. Chef Rico. Oh, chef. Ray, hey, babe. I would go back to Shogun just for the ice cream. Me. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm coming for you, Chef I'm, Rigo. I'll, I'll go back to the stuff I, that has nothing to do with you. <laughs> All right. What's next? Uh, from uh, Naradra. Sorry if I'm Nere saying everyone's names wrong. Hi, John. Big fan of your show from India. Thank Hi. you. I'd like the whole gang to watch the Indian movie RRR for all the Indian viewers and give the thought, uh, give their thoughts on the movie. Yeah, we're not. We're, we're probably not going to do that. Like a lot of times, a movie comes out. If I've, I've, I've got a rule in the show. I've, I've mentioned this many times that if I have not seen a movie before or within the first like three days that it comes out, there's no point in doing a video or a review about it because nobody cares at that point. But RRR is one of these movies that I heard from a number of people. Really, Actually, a good friend of mine, uh, actually, we ran into when we went to go see Ambulance. Aaron, when you and I mm -hmm. went to go see Ambulance, we ran into my buddy Chris Gore. Yeah, and love him. Chris, Chris and I started, I hadn't seen Chris in, in about six, eight months. And he said, by the way, have you seen Triple R. Have you seen RRR? I'm like, no. And he's like, it's really good. He goes, you know, it's not, it's not quite everything everywhere all at once good, but it's really good. And I've had a lot of people tell me that. So at some point, I myself, just for me, I'm going to sit down and watch it, but we probably won't be doing like a, a video about it, unfortunately. All right. What's next? From Jay Master. Hey, John. So I was right about Charlie Cox's new Daredevil series hitting Disney Plus soon after showing up at Disney Upfront 2020 event in New York City two days ago. I cool. think everybody knew when I think everybody on the planet knew when Charlie Cox showed up at the event that there was going to be a Disney Plus series of Daredevil. But yes, yes, absolutely. We were right. We were all right about that. And it's just going to be really interesting to see now how they're going to approach it. Like, that's the big thing now, right? It's, it's not that they're doing it, although we all know they're doing it. But to be fair, we've all known for a while that they're going to be doing it. But now the question is, how are they going to do it? Who's going to play Foggy? Is it the guy from the Netflix series? Is it going to be a new one altogether? I mean, we're going to have to have a lot of questions answered. We'll see how that goes. All right. Thanks for writing that in, man. What's next? From Ray, attorney at law on Minority <laughs> Island. <laughs> Daredevil's costume is amazing at keeping his identity a secret. No one will ever see through his disguise. Not even him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know... I will say, can you bring up the main thumb, Jonathan, for a second? I will say, though, a lot of times there are these superhero characters where their masks just cover the top of their faces, and you immediately, you can still tell, well, this this such and such a guy. I don't know why, but the dare, the way the Daredevil mask is done, and I don't know if it's the accents that draws your eye away, I look at that and I don't see Charlie Cox. You know who it looks like? Who's the guy that you love? He was on that show, Green Arrow. Stephen Amell? Stephen Amell. Doesn't that look like it's Stephen Amell? It's got a yeah. little bit of a lowered Stephen Amell face. Yeah. yeah I, I could have been talked into that. So that's the one really neat, that's one of the neat things about are, the Daredevil costume. Are you sure that's not Chef Rigo? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's Chef Rigo. All right, what's next? 
from Harv's K. Happy Friday. All Friday. three of these are great, but buy, rent, or sell. Pitch meeting, honest trailers, or I don't know. How what... it should have ended. Oh, thank you. Um, I buy pitch meeting. Pitch meeting is is like one of my favorite things on YouTube. It really is. Now, granted, that was... I love, I talk about pitch meeting all the time. It's kind of stolen mm -hmm. from, what was the name of the girl? Um, she, she, we had her on as a guest. She was on the Star Wars Celebration Star Wars trivia match that we did. Uh, it was me, Ken Knapsack, Sam Witwer, Jeremy uh, Johns, and Jenny. I'm trying to remember Jenny's. If you guys remember in there, but anyway, Jenny made a, a the Jenny Nicholson. Thank you. So Jenny Nicholson, before there was pitch meeting, Jenny Nicholson did a pitch meeting for Star Wars, the force awakens, but it was done like low budget to camera. And it was her playing both people, her playing the one doing the pitching and her being the executive hearing the pitch. And it is honestly one of the funniest things online, like one of the funniest things online mm -hmm. and pitch meeting Screen Rant's pitch meeting is a direct ripoff of that. Aww. But, but it's really good. <laughs> like that guy is fan. I don't know the guy's name who, who does it, but he is utterly fantastic. His timing, his, his cadence, his pace. He's got fantastic delivery. Uh, it's really one of my, so that's the one I buy. What were the other ones again? Honest Trailers and How It Should Have Ended? Yeah. I like all of them. I really do. I, I like all of them, but I will buy how it should have, or uh, I will buy pitch meeting. I will rent how it should have ended. I will sell um, honest, honest trailers. trailers. Mm -hmm. I like all of them though, but if you're going to put the, you know, put my feet to the fire and make a thing, that's how we'll go. All right. What's next? From Rachel Knight online. What if MCU Ben isn't talked about because he wasn't a good guy? What if he left Peter in May? I mean, yeah, but it's even then it's very odd that there is, there is no uncle Ben. Like there's it, I, I don't know that they've ever even acknowledged that there ever was an Uncle Ben I in the MCU. I feel like there's a throwaway line in there about like an after Ben. I maybe was I there. I, I, I don't know if there was. I it totally went over my head. All right, what's next? From James Argenta, went to, uh, week to Kenobi. Yes. Episode two will end with Vader's uh, Vader first appearance. I think they will have two fights in show. Vader wins first. Kenobi two. I mean, it's the standard kind of hero villain pattern. You know, the, the hero and the villain have two fights. The one, the villain gets kind of bested. The second one, the, I mean, look, that's Rocky three. That's, I mean, like so many things have done that. Uh, I am excited about the fact that they're launching the series with two episodes. They're mm -hmm. going to yeah. release the first two, which is kind of exciting to see. And I, again, I still can't believe it's only a week away. I'm very stoked about it. All right. What's next? From uh, Quindell Newton. Fifth, uh, fifth Element Movie Club, please. Nah, not going to happen because I'm. I like Fifth Element. I'm yeah, it's not, not one of your favorites. It's not one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I like Fifth Element in a thumbs up or thumbs down world. I am a thumbs up Fifth Fifth Element, but not enough that I would make a movie club out of it. To be honest with you. All right, what's next? From Casey Mack, one of two. Hey, John and crew, did you hear the news about Stranger Things runtime for episode seven and episode nine? Well, okay. So here's the thing. The the showrunners mentioned that the episode seven and nine are long. 
They said they're like feature length. Episode seven is 98 minutes. Yeah. Did they actually give a runtime on it? It's 98, 98 minutes. minutes. So they said it's like. And episode eight is 85 minutes and the season finale will approach two and a half hours long. Okay. Bye. Wow. In fact, overall season. Well, this is coming from Variety. The season will be almost five hours longer than the previous three seasons. Wow. <laughs> the second part of Casey Max thing here is Matt Duffer recently told the rap that episodes seven and nine in particular are movies mm. and nine is a long movie. He says that the finale could be two hours and more. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, like they came out a while. The, their first thing was just saying that it's they're like feature length. Right. Which which could have meant anything. My first thought when you ask me my thoughts, my first thought is, my God, I hope the folks at Disney Plus are paying attention. I really hope because this this 42-minute episode with eight minutes of credits. Mm. So really, mm -hmm. the episode was like 35 minutes, 34 minutes. And six episodes. And six, like, so I just really hope, like, look, if you're into Stranger Things, look, this will not be good news if this is a hard season to get through. Yeah. If it's not a great season. If it's then all it's just, Kirkland X-Men. Yeah, if it's all. just a big boat sitting there in the dock, not really doing anything and expecting the passengers to do all the work. It, I'm sorry. <laughs> there it is again. There it is again. I, I, I Then the longer run times is not something to be excited about. If the series is great and it's paced right and all that kind of stuff, then that could be kind of cool. But yes, I do really hope the folks at Disney Plus are paying attention. All right. What's next? Uh, from uh, Naraman, I honestly spend more time with you than any other countdown out there. Mm. I cancel Netflix and use that monies for super chat. Yay! Oh, well, <laughs> love you guys, especially Chris and Ray. Aw, high five, Ray. Whee! <laughs> I, it's funny because I had somebody uh, write to me the other day who, uh, you know, she works at an office where she she does data entry and stuff like that. And she was saying, I do this for a living lesson. And so I always have one monitor where I'm doing my data entry and one monitor where I have the John Campy show playing. Aww. And she goes, I realized that she goes, because of my hours right now, my husband takes care of him in the morning. I get home in time to feed, put them to bed. She goes, I realize I spend more time with you every day than my own child right now. And I'm like, that sounds like a good trade. I like, spend more time with you guys than my own child. Yeah, because so. I won't cry. Well, maybe, <laughs> but I won't cry much. And we don't have to change your diaper. You do so. not have to change my diaper often. <laughs> so, yeah, but that could be coming. All right, what's next? From Rafael Castillo. <laughs> Shout out to an Amazon Prime film I saw a year ago, Vast of Night, a great example of how talent, creativity, and good storytelling can overcome a minuscule budget. has a Twilight Zone vibe to it. I'm not familiar with that, I, th I mm -mm. thought they were going to say like uh, one night in Miami, but um, yeah. but what was it called? Vast, Vast of, of night? night. That's I like the title. I am not familiar. I'm going to have to go in and look that up. Thanks for sharing that, man, and putting it on my radar. All right, what's next? From Jay Bling. Oh, excuse me. From Sam Fisher. Aaron, was that series you were talking about? Pan Am. It was not Pan Am, but Pan Am was also on ABC, Good Looking Out. It was uh, Detroit 187, which we talked about yesterday. Yep. Um, but Pan Am was when I got to work with a very young and undiscovered Margot Robbie. That's right. And one of my favorite things was Margot and I went and saw, um, uh, we went to, what's the thing in oh, New York? The, the thing that you run up and down. Yeah, that ex the immersive chairs? theater experience. The immersive theater experience. Uh, we went to that together. We were at dinner. Her family had flown in from Australia and it was really adorable when her mom goes, we're just so shocked that Margot's gotten so much success. I mean, we just never expected this. And I was like, you ain't seen nothing just yet. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> just I go, I have a feeling good things are on the horizon for your daughter, Mrs. Robbie. 
I and was right. Sure enough. All right, what's next? From Jay Bling, seeing Jessica Henwick doing an upcoming carpool karaoke with Simu Liu, uh, who's Shang-Chi uh, Shang made me want to see Colleen Wing again. Not with Shang-Chi. Um, I would love to see those characters together. I'll be honest with you. Listen, her character was easily the best thing about Iron Fist. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, like, easily the best thing in Iron Fist. They really should have done a spinoff show with her. So, I, I mean, who knows where they'll go. And, of course, Simu Shang-Chi, to me, I, again, I put out a tweet about this. I was just up one night in uh, when I was up in Canada last week. I was up one night and they were advertising the Junos that were happening. The Junos are the Canadian Grammys and mm -hmm. Simulu was the host of yeah. the Junos. And it just made me think, I started thinking about all, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I said, I wrote out all due respect to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and all due respect to Spider-Man No Way Home and Eternals and whatever. Shang-Chi is the best Marvel film of phase four. It was so good. Mm, it's the so best. Good. It's the best. I still stand by that. I know that's, I know that's not going to be the popular opinion, but I still completely believe Shang-Chi is the best Marvel film they've put out since Endgame. And actually, you know what? It might even be better than Endgame, but whatever. All right, well, what's next? Damn. Yeah, go with Andy. Um, oh, and then there's we... a part two below. Oh, okay. Um, Andy, what's up with the Gotham Knights poster? It looks like a sequel to Riverdale, which I wouldn't be surprised as Archie and co. have superpowers. <laughs> I have not seen the poster for it, but uh, we'll keep our eyes open for it. Uh, or maybe it's not, but his stuff got scrambled. Oh, oh no, that's the that's the that was the, I that was the one that we already did. Yeah. All right. What's next? Um, from Stephen Vaught. Hey, Johnny Crew, shout out from Kansas City. I spent a lot of time in Kansas City for my time working with AMC Theaters. Nice, John. I don't know about you. I can't wait to see the Blues holding that beautiful Stanley Cup. I don't care. <laughs> this was supposed to be the year. This was supposed to be the year. So I don't care. This The sun doesn't shine for me anymore. Wow. Yeah. That's bleak. Yeah. Yeah. So like whatever. The Leafs have kicked Noam the Noam Chomsky again. would tell you that this is a distraction, John. Yeah. Well. That's fair. Love <sighs> what you love. All right. What's next? Stephen Vaught. Sending an almost $20 super chat. Thank, thank you, Stephen. Oh, and that's the one I just read. Sorry. Excuse me. But thank you but for the thank $20. thank you again, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Fredo. Hey guys, Fredo. it's payday. Payday. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you for the twenty dollars super chat. Oh, thank you, Fredo. Appreciate it's always nice when people just want to write in just to say, yeah. you know, nice things. Thank Fredo. you for that, Fredo. Appreciate that, man. All right, what's next? From David Cabrera sending also another almost twenty dollars super thank chat. You, thank David. you, David. Hi, crew. Your friendly trucker saying hello from Harrisburg today. Woo -woo. Going to see downtown Abbey shortly. <laughs> also, we can, we get Aaron three times this week. My heart melts. Oh, Aww. yeah. It's been much. great that Aaron has, has made herself available to come in and film for Rob. So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you for having me. And by the way, I want to say um, thank you, David, for being a trucker because we would, I mean, let's face it. You guys on the road and you ladies on the road, you keep our in you keep our economy moving. Yeah. And especially with what happened recently in Texas with those miles and miles of backup, that was horrible. And I hope that you were caught in that. Um, and I hope that you have a great time on the road. And thanks for tuning in. Yeah. One of my three Uncle Pauls uh, <laughs> was a truck driver. That's a hard job. Yeah, I remember. And like a one one time, my parents let me skip school for three days, and I got to go on one of his tours. Oh with wow! Him. He was hauling rutabagas. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and I just got to go on the tour with them and see, yeah, that is tough trying to squeeze in. Okay, I'll sleep 15 minutes here. Yep. And then I'll sleep an hour and a half here. And then I'll sleep 45 minutes. There. I mean, Oof. it was absolutely And crazy. then during the pandemic, the, when restaurants were not open, there was nowhere to sit and eat. And yeah. that was another, uh, yeah, it, it was a really rough time. But hopefully you're having a great day right now. All right. What's next? From Steven, can we get Ray on a mailbag episode, please? No, that that's not that's not going to happen because he'll just sit there and really not say much. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's or I'll say not the right thing. <laughs> say the not the right thing. All right, what's next? From Casey Mack, Matt Duffer recently told the rap that oh I read this one already too. Um, Abraham. Abraham, I think when it comes to the movies, the MCU will handle the multiverse in a more simple, straightforward way, like it was in Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home. Wasn't as crazy as we thought it'd be. Um, I, I, it depends on your definition, because to me right now, it's filled with contradictions and it's getting really convoluted. And like when they when Kevin Feige said what he said on the red carpet of Multiverse of Madness about, you know, oh, the events of Loki is what makes this possible. It's like, uh, OK, but that doesn't add up because this, this, this and this. So how, and I don't know. Look, in Kevin Feige, we trust. We'll see what works out right now. It looks like a convoluted, bloody mess to me, to be honest with you. And I like Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. I like that movie, but. It, it's really looking sloppy right now. So I don't know. We'll see how how he the, the mastermind pulls all of this together. All right. What's next? From Blake Feely. Wreck for Chris. Oh, yay. Uh, spy X Family equals amazing new anime. Oh, okay. I have heard of this. Is it Spy and Family or Spy X? Please correct me. Um, yeah. I've had this recommended several times. I need to check it out. I'm so behind on my anime watching. All right. What's next? Monkey of all DJs sending in support. Thank you, Monkey. Thank you, Monkey. Nicholas Stanley. The only team I see being able to do a winning time show are the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Thoughts? Yeah. Don't uh, you have to win? Yeah, if it's called the Ooh. losing time. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, like the dynasty of America's team. I mean, there's a whole. Yeah, listen, the run that the Troy Aikman, Michael yeah. Irvin, yeah. Um, Emmett Smith, like that, the, that run of that is is pretty good. But I was in college at that time, and little known fact, I made it to the finals for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Really? Ooh. Oh, that's yeah. right. I'm and sorry. Was it you or was it Cookie Cummings? It was Cookie, and Cookie <laughs> apparently got cut at the finals because during my solo routine, my leotard slipped down and exposed that I had a tattoo on my breast, which I got when I was 14. So then I went and got the tattoo removed so I could come back the next year and audition. But then I made it made captain of my college team and I decided the DCC life was not for me. So I was this close, Dang. this close. close to wearing those stars. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Jay Master. Jay Master. So, Aaron, speaking of rain in LA, you should try living over here in Seattle. Nope. Where we get a lot of rainstorms all of the time. Even sometimes we get thunderstorms and windstorms during the summer. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I love a good thunderstorm. I love them. I, I love a good thunderstorm when I don't have to leave my house and I can just yeah, yeah, crawl yeah. in bed with my covers yeah. and all my cats and my dog and my everybody. I just, I just don't want to leave. It's when you got shit to do. Mm. I just want to like <laughs> lay in bed and be depressed and sad and listen to the rain. So the June gloom really gets you. Ooh, yeah. Do not call me because mm. I will be just sitting there sad eating ice cream. All right. What's next? I just sit around <laughs> happy eating ice cream. We're <laughs> thriving. Um, Devin, it, if dreams are universes, can they still use nightmare? I, it, that I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm without going into details about what happens in the movie. That was 
one of the dumbest things they've ever introduced into the MCU. Yeah. That whole concept is so dumb because that makes no sense. Anyway, all right, what's next? From Robert, people got a chill about Marvel and Star Wars. Maybe not every movie or series is great, but the output is more good than bad. I remember a time when we had nothing for years. And then what we got was Batman Robin. Yeah, I mean, yes, look. <laughs> I, I like for me when it comes to the to the Marvel stuff like Star Wars is always going to be Star Wars for me like when they put out some good stuff when they put out some bad stuff whatever I'm going to like what I like I'm, I'm not going to like certain other things but as a whole I'm going to love Star Wars my whole life I with Marvel I, I just get a little bit concerned about trajectory is Marvel still putting out more good than bad absolutely mm. they are mm -hmm. absolutely they are but the bar is lowering right like I never used to go five, six MCU projects in a row where I only didn't love one of them. Now it's like, again, it, it, I love Shang-Chi, love Spider-Man No Way Home, but you know, didn't love Black Widow, didn't love Loki, didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier, didn't love, certainly didn't even like Hawkeye. Um, not, while I like Doctor Strange and Multiverse Matt, it's not over my head and heels in love with it. I watched Eternals again on the flight to Canada. That's a good movie. It's I don't a, care. I, I don't like care. Anybody that says that is a good movie, but uh, again, not super in love with it. Right. And I'm just not used to that with the MCU. So I feel like I'm worried that I'm seeing their overall quality start to decline. And I wonder if it's because they're doing so much of it, but again, let's see, like everything could turn around tomorrow. We got Thor coming. Let's see what happens. All right. What's next? From Raphael, J.K. Simmons and Sissy Spacek in a sci-fi thriller show? Sign me up. Watch two episodes of Night Sky, and it's very interesting. Mm. Oh, I that's, I, I forgot about that. This. That's right. Um, I, I saw a trailer for it. I didn't think the trailer looked all that interesting, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm definitely going to give it a shot. By the way, I finally got around to watching when I was up in Canada, like when I was in my hotel room and visiting hours at the hospital were closed. I watched Open Range. Oh, how is it? Starts real strong. Wait, mm -hmm. open range or outer, outer range? Outer range, sorry. Thank you. Outer range. Starts real strong. I'm I'm not at the last episode yet, but it's been getting weaker. Uh. It's getting weaker. But the first three or four episodes I got into, it was like, this is really good. And then it started. So I don't know. Mm. I still got to finish the series though. Okay. What's next? From Keith. First time supporter. Thank Yay. you. You guys do an excellent job every day. Wishing your mom and Rob a quick recovery. Yes. Thank you so much. It was, um, it's funny. I was... I was in Canada and my phone rings and I'm like, this is probably important because it was Rob. I looked at my phone. It was Rob calling me. I'm like, this is probably important because Rob knows I am up here mm -hmm. with a family emergency going on. So I better answer this. So I stepped out into the hallway and I answered the phone like, what's up? And like, Rob, Rob's, so here's the, the, the series of events. Rob calls me. It was like 20 minutes before the John Campus show was supposed to start on Monday. Right. Chris, we had already arranged that Chris was going to be in my chair. She was going to be the main host that day. And Rob was going to support. And because on Friday, Rob was in the main host chair and Chris supported. So they're going to do it the other way around. 20 minutes to showtime. Rob calls me, John. Yeah, I'm in the parking lot of the studio. I'm like, okay. And Elizabeth just called me. She just tested positive for COVID. Mm. I'm like, oh, shit. He goes, now, I feel totally fine. I, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with me, but what do you want me to do? I'm like, well, you can't go inside. Yeah. He goes, yeah, I, I've been exposed. I'm like, you can't go inside, so just take off. I'll let Jonathan know. And Monday was 
Chris and Ray and Jonathan, they held the fort down. And sure enough, Rob then got a hold of me later that night saying, yeah, yeah, I, I got COVID. Got but uh, yeah, he's on the road to recovery. We'll have him back here probably sometime next week or, or if at the very latest the week after that. But yes, best well wishes and hope he gets back uh, to us soon. All if right. you follow him on Instagram, which John doesn't, uh, he just posted a video today <laughs> updating everyone about how he's feeling better. He still has some uh, tightness in his chest and everything, but he's definitely on the road to recovery. Yeah, he was just like, oh my God, I can't even imagine how bad I would feel if I wasn't like... You know what? Double, triple vaccinated. Yeah. How, how, yeah. yeah. I think you'll feel a lot better if John followed him on Instagram. <gasps> I think so too. That I would be that the right boost him. to his he immune might, system. Yeah. yeah Maybe. Yeah. I think. <laughs> wow. Maybe. <laughs> this is the best medicine. And like, you know what? Maybe, but we'll never know. Happier yeah. than John oh, no. gives you a oh, would it make him better? Sorry, Rob. I tried. What's next? From Ahmed, seven days until Obi-Wan and Stranger Things 4. I, I still can't believe we're this close to it. Like, I am I am mm. so excited. Because not only those, but then shortly after that, we got Ms. Marvel fa- firing mm-hmm. up and all that kind of stuff. It's We got a lot of great stuff coming, guys. All right, what's next? Andrew Rice sending in support. Thank, Thank you, you, Andrew. Milton, why does it feel like everyone is expecting any upcoming MCU projects to be the best thing ever? Most of older MCU projects were just decent. No. We need to give them space to expand, in my opinion. Well, I mean, see, here's the thing, Milton. The MCU projects up to the end of, like, um, the Phase 3, were the most part, they just crushed it out of the park every single fucking time. I mean, yeah, you had your Iron Man 2, and yeah, you had your Thor The Dark World, but, but they were, like, the minor exceptions. I think this was an earned problem, Right. When you are, like, say, the winning time, the Showtime era Lakers, yeah, the, the Lakers fans expected championship every year mm-hmm. because you were winning championships or at least getting to the finals like every year, mm-hmm. right? So, and if you were a Patriots fan, you just come, like, at the end of the year, the New England Patriots are going to be in the Super Bowl because that's literally what happened almost every single time. You get to expect that. People began to expect Marvel projects to be like the best thing ever because that was their track record. Mm -hmm. They were putting out content and stuff, not as frequently, but every time they would put something out, you could put bet money on it that it was going to be a barn burner and it was going to be a crowd pleaser and people were going to love it and it was going to be successful and it was going to be all this kind of stuff. So yeah, their reward for that kind of success was having hyper-unrealistic expectations every single time out of the shoot so that when you have a good movie, Mm -hmm. like a good, solid movie, a lot of people go, well, I'm kind of disappointed by it. I mean, but that's what happens when the expectations are so high. That is why, as a filmmaker, you are never, ever, ever supposed to come in on budget. You are always supposed to go over budget. Because if you come in on budget or below, the people holding the purse strings will go, oh, well, see, you didn't need that much money to make it after all. Let's cut your budget down lower. You always, you know, the expectation is has to be a certain level. I remember when I was at AMC and Complex, I remember we were looking at our budget. We're getting close to the end of the year. And I'm like, shoot, man, look, we're going to be able to come in under budget this year. That's Great. such a John Campia thing. Yeah. This is the most fiscally <laughs> responsible person that I know. Like, I mean, if you need some accounting advice, ask this guy because he knows what to do. So, but then what, like my immediate guy who was over me, like came to me is like, no, 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 you don't understand. Find a reason why you have to spend all that money right now or else the the bean counters 
they're going to go, oh, so I guess we don't need to increase your budget this year. It's like, no, no, no. We need to show them we need to increase our budget. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to, we were nominated for an award at the, uh, uh, what was it called? The, the Academy of Web Television. We got nominated for an award in Vegas. So I'm like, okay, should we just take everybody to Vegas to attend the awards? Because only I was going to go, me and Dennis were going to go and attend. We just, we just brought everybody and we went and spent like all this money to go over budget. There we went. All right. What's next? From Andy, what's up with the Gotham Knights poster? It looks like a sequel to Riverdale. We already got that. We did that one. Oh, okay. Uh, Seconds from Disaster. I wouldn't mind a CGI Stan Lee cameo if his appearance was an actual hologram in the movie. I think random pictures would be the best way to do it. I mean, again, it's hard to say. Like, I'd have to see it. Because if they do it, if they have a CGI um, Stan Lee or a deep-faked Stan Lee who's on screen for five seconds and says one funny line, which is what Stanley's cameos were and it works and it doesn't feel too out of place and it flows. Like I still contend that the greatest Stanley cameo ever wasn't even an MCU movie. It was in his movie. It was in Deadpool where Stan Lee was a strip club DJ and all you hear him say is the camera pans to him as he's behind the turntables. You can't buy love, but you can rent it for $20 a song. And it is one of the greatest. <laughs> uh, to me, it is the greatest Stanley cameo of any. And so if they're able to do that and it works, great. If it doesn't work, so that's why I said on the show the other day, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna know how I feel about this until I'm sitting in a theater and actually see it on screen. Then I will discover how I feel about it, but we won't know until then. All right, what's next? From Quindell, Daredevil will probe yellow and black in new show. Probably be yellow and black in the new show. That suit. I. I doubt that. I doubt that. I th- I think they're going to want to go with the classic red. I mean, if yeah. you're going to get in Charlie Cox, then bring in the costume as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I don't know, but hey, we'll if they do, we'll remember you said that. All right, what's next? From CJ Rebirth, hoping they bring back Betty Ross and She-Hulk. Also, saw a pic of Rachel Ziegler as uh, Snow White, uh, and they nailed the costume. Ooh, Ooh I haven't seen that yet, so we'll out. probably talk about that on the John Campus show tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, the question of... Uh, what's that? Is tomorrow Saturday? Sorry, yeah. next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, so probably a Monday. So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that Liv Tyler has any desire to come back. Yeah. Although, I listen, I still desperately wanted them to pursue the Banner and Natasha romance. I, I wanted them to pursue that I so found much. I that really interesting. It was great. Yeah. I mean, Well, it, she's not doing uh, 911 Lone Star anymore, so she I think she's available. No, we're talking about Black Widow now. Oh, Natasha. We were, sorry, no. There, we were talking at first about Liv Tyler. Yeah, the, uh, I'm sorry. I was still, yeah. I was still on that. Then, then, because, like, the, one of the best lines ever in the MCU, in the history of the MCU, is this great moment in, in Age of Ultron when they're revealing to the audience that Natasha has feelings for for Banner, and which is a weird combo, right? And they're talking over a bar, and she's kind of revealing to him that she has feelings for him, and she says, "You know, I'm always I'm used to being surrounded by guys who are ready to run into the fight, and then I met this guy who runs away from the fight because he knows he'll win." Mm. That is one of the best lines the MCU has ever done. Mm-hmm. I still get chills thinking about that line. I'm like, I was so sad when they, they got into Infinity War and they just brushed it off. Like, Banner was back. Hey, Nat. And that was it. After that, yeah. it was all done. I'm like, no. But yeah, if they can bring back Betty Ross, why not? All right, what's next? 
from Andy. The CW is canceling all their other shows to have the money to send the Riverdale cast to space to fight God in their final season like Sam and Dean. (laughs) At this point, they should just combine the cast of Fast and the Furious and Riverdale. (laughs) Put them all together in one big movie. All right, what's next? From Toon Talk, sending in an almost $20 super Thank you, Toon Talk. Hi, Campia crew. Curious to know if you guys are interested in seeing the new Chip and Dale's movie on Disney Plus right now. If you aren't, I recommend you watch. There's some very crazy things that happen. It It's hard to put into words just how not interested I am in this movie. <laughs> um, I was already not interested. Then I saw the trailer. I was like, I'm even more not interested now. But I did a mailbag yesterday. And by the way, there's a new mailbag coming again today. But I did a mailbag yesterday where somebody wrote and said, you know what? I really like the new Chippendale. So I know you at least had some interest in it. I did, yeah, because so the pages I, I read were were decent, right? And I, I, we talked about this, how I am a little over the, we're very aware that we're a cartoon and right. we're former actors doing this. But people have been talking about how this is hilarious, like legitimately funny. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely am going to give it a try. And I want to know what you think about it when you see it. It's John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. Like, I love those guys. I would watch them read the phone book and it'd be funny. So I'm sure this is this is going to be a good time. All right. What's next? From all appetite, never any dinner, all hands on deck. <laughs> You're amazing. Uh, wish I had a pet spider. I'd name it Moist Throb. Moist Throb the spider. Oh, no. Yeah, I, you can't. Uh, we can't discuss spiders. Yeah, la, 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 la. I saw that coming and I was like, nope, not even going to listen to it. Not even going to listen to it. All right. What's next? From Mike Joyce. What are the odds that the two and a half men theme plays during Alex Garland's Men? Pretty low, but it, <laughs> if I found out that was there, I might watch the movie. I, I, I'm probably not even going to watch it. Men, I love Alex Garland's movies. Men, I do, men, but men. nothing about these trailers make me interested in the least. So until I hear from a whole bunch of people saying they love it, I'm probably going to skip the film. All right, what's next? From Michael. Sorry if this is a dumb question. No such thing. But hypothetically, if Netflix had to shut down operations, would their original content be public domain? Much love. What a no. dumb question. <laughs> Just kidding. No, uh, Just kidding, no, Michael. no, they they would not. What would happen is like, let's say theoretically Netflix had to shutter. What's going to happen is they're going to have to pay off all the debts. They're going to enter into um, a bankruptcy thing. And when they do, somebody's going to be put in charge of overseeing um uh, like a basically kind of like a, a conservator is going to be, be put in charge of overseeing the decimation of the dissemination as to say of all their assets. So that would include IP and things like that. So no, the, the, the things wouldn't just suddenly become a thing. That is a very interesting question though. And a good question. All right. What's next from Casey Mack. I actually saw Chippendale rescue Rangers earlier this morning and you know what? I actually really enjoyed it. Wow. <laughs> There's a cameo that I was surprised Disney was able to get their hands on. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Okay. Ooh, I still don't care. <laughs> But but it's funny we keep hearing. What if it's, what if it's Stan Lee? Oh man, <laughs> they, they got it. I mean, <laughs> to, uh, sorry, no, I, sorry, I, too I, soon, too I, soon. I yeah, I don't know. It's gonna take a listen. I had zero interest in the Harley Quinn animated show, but I heard from so many people that it was great. I checked it out and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So if we keep hearing from hundreds of you guys that Chippendale was really good, I might have yeah. to check it out. All right, what's next? From Tim, I heard She-Hulk is nine episodes, but are only 30 minutes long. So really only 24 minutes of actual show. No, well, it depends. Like when they say, I read that in Variety, but I mean, if it's a like 30 minute show, plus the the runtime of the credits will probably be about seven or eight minutes long, then that's fine. If we, if we open up though, the Disney Plus app, and we go to watch today's show, 
today, whatever day that it comes out, and it says 31 minutes, I'm going to be really disappointed because that would then mean it's probably about 22 minutes, which is the length, by the way, of a network sitcom. They're 22 minutes long because they have about eight minutes of commercials. And you know that because in Canada, there's a show called This Episode is 22 Minutes. That's right. There is. <laughs> which my friend Sean Majumder was on. That, that was a very popular show in Canada. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Big show. But, um, but I'm going to be very disappointed. But what I'm expecting... I'm expecting that we're going to open up the app and before clicking play, say, okay, episode one, it's going to say 41 minutes or episode one, 39 minutes, which will bring us close to an actual 30 minute episode. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. All right. What's next? From reviewed by Nick. Game day. Game day. Chris. Rescue Rangers is on Disney Plus today. I don't oh, know that's not game, game day. day but um, however, as much as I love the show, the trailers have been meh for me, but I'll still watch. So yeah, I loved the original Chippendale. I loved them. But what's so is it is. Is there two different things here? Is Chippendale, the new Chippendale, different? Is there a Rescue Rangers new thing so too? So their big show was back in the 90s, right? Chippendale Rescue, Rescue Rangers, Rangers with right. them and Gadget and Monterey Jack and Zipper. Um, so I, I, I love that you know that. I know. I just, I'm sitting here why, smiling. Why wouldn't you know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's common knowledge. They're great. And don't you know about that time that Gadget went to Hawaii and there was a girl who looked exactly like her and she kidnapped her? Come on. These are basic. My grandparents things. told me that story. Yeah. 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 It's passed down generation to generation. I love <laughs> that your grandparents were telling you this story from the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> John's two days old. Um, this is a fresh clone that we brought out. Uh, but so I think I think they just watched the movie this morning. Is that what they're talking about? Oh, or maybe. Did they watch an episode of this on Disney Plus. Because the new Chippendale is not Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It's just no, Chippendale. They're talking right. about how they were actors on. Oh, OK, show. I got it. All right. Yeah. What's next? Um, From Dr. Bright. John, what powers would you choose to have? Mm. Flight. Yeah, even though I have a fear of heights. Like Superman flying? Yeah, mm. yeah, the, mm -hmm. the power of flight. That's That would always, always wanted that superpower. I think that would be it. All right, what's All right. next? From Jason Frost. Hey, John and crew, Chip and Dale released on Disney Plus today, and I think you'd love it. Lots of Easter eggs. Thanks, and bring on the filthy. Sure. Yeah, no, I don't buy okay. it. I don't so, believe it. <laughs> if there are a lot of Easter eggs, I will I will love it then. I watch DuckTales with Logan like I'm VH1's pop-up video where I'll be like, okay, so this is a reference to Quack Pack, which was a show in which Daisy was a reporter and Logan will just like stop watching and be like, go on. Uh, so if that's if that's the case, I'm going to be obsessed. I'm with listening. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, from Taki75, Aaron, you were stunning in Masters of Sex. Oh. Thank you. Also a wonderful show that I enjoyed working on. And Michael Sheen was fantastic. I love Michael Sheen. I got yeah. so excited when I found out you were in that. Like, ah, I loved him. All right, what's next? From Ismail. Hey, guys. Ismail. Dudes, Theron got really good in last night's episode. I don't know what we're talking about. Is it yeah. Halo? Is, Halo? Was Halo, well, Halo what wasn't was on last night? Theron. Theron? I don't recognize that name. Yeah. Don't know. Unfortunately, don't know the show. All right, what's next? Sorry, Ismail. Uh, Christy George, hi, thanks for helping a movie fan get through the workday. Hey, it is our pleasure, and thank you for being here and helping us movie fans get through the workday as well. Listen, I there's nothing more fun than talking about movies. I just, I just, I could do it all day. I'd be doing it even if I wasn't doing this as a job. All right, thanks for being with us. What's next? Here it comes. From Dragon 10, cast producer Jonathan as Iceman in the MCU X-Men. He's always frozen. Uh... <laughs> Uh, 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 I, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> oh, Saren is from World of Warcraft. Oh. What episode is are they talking about? I don't show? know. 
I, All right. Uh, yes, we we are, we will get this camera situation with. I was working earlier, but we'll get this camera situation. It's been a weird tech out. day, guys. Weird. It was. We've had tons of tech problems that you guys aren't even aware of yet today. All right. What's next? Uh, from CMG two four nine one, a twenty dollars super chat. Almost. Thank oh, you so CMG, much. thank you so much for that, man. And then ending pretty much as always, we do. Fredo giving us some more Fredo. support. Thanks, thank Fredo. you, Thanks, Fredo. Fredo. And guys, that will do it for today's installment. Of the John Campy Show, thank you so much for being here, everybody, and making the show part of your day. We know there's a lot of other things you could be doing. The fact that you would hang out here with us is a huge honor, and we're totally aware of it. Anyway, guys, don't forget we've got another video coming a little bit later today. We've got another mailbag coming out, so keep your guys' eyes open for that. Remember, if you are a channel member, you guys will get early access to that a few hours before we make it public to everybody else. Uh, I want to thank all of you guys for being here, especially those of you sent in the Super Chats, because number one, you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported our channel as you did it and all of us involved here with the show thank you guys so much for your support i also want to thank the people sitting around with me here right here chris carr chris where can people find you you can find me at actor chris carr uh chris with a k car with two r's or you can go to my website chris-car.com if you want voiceover coaching and sitting right beside her is Aaron Cummings with Joey Bishop. Where can people follow you guys? You can find me and baby Joey Bishop slash Yoda at Aaron L. Cummings on Instagram. And sitting over there, Ray Aura. <laughs> Ray, where can people follow you? Ray Aura with a zero. And right beside him is uh, Iceman, producer Jonathan. Jonathan, looking <laughs> very so serious. Happy. I look so happy. Where can but, people follow you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sonic if you want it. And uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter, simply at John Campia, which we can see right down there. All right, guys, that'll do it for us for now. Thanks so much for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>